Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, Connor. Hello. Uh, and tonight we are covering chapters... Uh, did I actually update this? Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, chapters 29 through 32 of Nana, uh, as well as the Naoki bonus story, uh, which were all published in Volume 9. This is like the thickest of the volumes that exist. Um, I feel like there's some volumes coming up where we, we might end up having more like the one that has the Takumi bonus chapter, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh the- still we got to this one. And it was like, oh, we have one and a half volumes to read again. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about <laughs> yeah. to say. We're just like back in one and a half volume territory. That was, that's been my thought all day when yeah. I was like reading through it and then <laughs> go like an hour before we started recording, I was like, yeah, we're just back. So yeah. we shifted our format to reduce episode length. First episode of the new format, three and a half hours. <laughs> and then second episode of the new format, 270 pages of manga, which is basically a volume and a half. So yeah, we really helped ourselves. Um, I mean, we did it in time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If we had a volume and a half, so like this plus another half volume. Yeah, that probably would have forced our hand, uh, anyway, to like just the one volume. Uh, so yeah, we we did it in advance, but um, I don't know if we're really reaping the rewards of that just yet. Yeah. Um. So I, I said in the, I, I think I said this in the like actual recording, um, when we were doing the little, uh, pre, the thing that's going to come after the, the <coughs> outro. Um, but for us, it's, it's the beginning of the recording, but I had like a little bit of a surprise thing that I just, I wanted to briefly bring up. Um, I don't want to spend a bunch of time on this. I think at some <laughs> point we could, we could have something where we talk about it a little bit more. Um, but, uh, since the last time we recorded, I ordered and received in the mail Nana 7.8, um, which does get mentioned, I think, in like Nana Volume 7 or 8. Um, this came out, uh, I think, in between Volume 7 and 8 or around that time. Um, so it's still like around where where we are in our reading. Um, and it is a, a fan book by Yazawa Ai. Um, 
So it includes like interview with her uh, in the back. There's like various, there's like a one thing uh, section where it looks like there's some recipes of oh, some, okay. some like dishes that appear and stuff. Um, yeah, there's like this cooking section. Uh, there's a part where it was not being localized in the US yet, but it like talks about like, oh, here's like some differences in like Taiwan and Hong Kong or in Korea or in Thailand in terms of like how they localized like Hachiko, um, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, it's, it is all in Japanese. So there's a certain amount of me going through and, uh, like using Google translate stuff to, to piece together some of the stuff in here. And I obviously have not read through all of it. Um, but the one thing I did want to just quickly cover is there's a section in here that's the A to Z of Nana. Um, and it's like per each of these, uh, like words that start with a letter, um, there's like one to two pages. And in many ways, this feels like Yuzawa I putting forward here are like some of the main themes that I've been playing with or like, uh, images or whatever. Um, and a lot of this feels like, uh, confirma- confirmation of some of the stuff that we've been reading into. Thank God for that. Uh, so I just wanted to like, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to quickly read through some of them. Um, so A, Arbite, obviously meaning work. Mm-hmm. Um, A is also art school. Uh, B, beer. <laughs> okay. As well as Blackstones. Um, and bath. <laughs> okay. So despite yeah. the fact that that Blackstones is, we had to be really still need to needed to call out the bath uh has multiple things about sexual baths and at the bottom has Nana and Hachi in the bath. <laughs> okay. Um, the other so, o- the uh, overriding bath image. Yeah. Um C cake um and also points out explicitly that the cake that um was made for Ren when Nana and Ren started dating was a strawberry cake and then uh Hachi also made the strawberry cake. It's like specifically pointing it out on these pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh C is also cooking. Okay. Yep. Um D is Daimao, which is the the demon lord. Mm-hmm. Um uh E email um then f fan obviously yeah uh f is also fashion <laughs> yeah also obviously the email thing uh could be um more coming in with like well it just made me think about the comments in uh the volume for tonight volume nine where nana like yeah throws away her phone talks about a phone as uh a device that like tests people's relationships um, yeah. and like that, that modality of communication um, having its own like properties or its own meaning. Yeah. Um, G girlfriend. Um, and I did some of the Google translate on this and it starts with um, literally a friend who is a girl, uh, but then also points out there's the panel where uh Nana's like, you're treating me like your boyfriend. And Hachi says, uh, you're even more important to me than a boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little like note pointing to it that says, this seems like a love confession, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, H is obviously Hachi. 
uh, as well as hotel, um, and notes that, uh, 707 was obviously the, the hotel where, um, like, Hachi, uh, and-, Hachi and, and Shoji, like, also got together. Mm. Um, and then also the hotel being the start of Hachi's relationship with, um, Takumi as well. And the, um, uh, H is also and her home. first. God, why am I forgetting the name? The older man that she's with at the start of the manga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Asano. Asano. Asano? Yeah. God, we're so bad. Right. We're so, we're such bad, yeah. like, Nana super fans. <laughs> I mean, it, it just moves past some of these characters. Yeah, you know? it does. This is the core cast. Um, uh, H, home. Uh, yeah. obviously a big theme. Um, one note here, and we'll, we'll see if this comes up. So it pointed out here, and I also noticed it at the beginning of, I think, like, last section of readings. Um, the the train station where that's like located like near Nana's hometown and like Ren and you know a bunch of trap nest and everything. Um I I want to keep this like specific building in mind because I this I don't remember if this is uh like there when Ren crashes or not. But I I I feel like there's like at least some similarity, so I want to keep it in mind. Um I interior specifically like interior design. Mm-hmm. Um, J Jackson Hole, uh, K Kiss, and then there's a in all, most of this like is in Japanese, but it just in in big black like English girls kiss with an exclamation point, uh, showing Nana kissing <laughs> uh, both Hachi um, and uh, Misato. Um, and then also has a part where it notes, uh, all the characters that the, the two characters have kissed and notes that Nana has kissed as many girls as boys. Um, K is, uh, K tie, which is cell phone. Um, so there, there's additional stuff here with the cell phone and email. Um, L is live. Uh, M is Mahjong. Uh, M is also mansion. Um, then see. N is obviously Nana and Nana here being, uh, Osaki, o- Osaki Nana, um, specifically because H was for Hachi. Mm-hmm. Uh, O is office. Um, and a lot of it is like the, the office that Hachi worked in. Great. Yeah. Re- related to work. Uh, and also Pierce. Um, Q is Queen, which is, uh, you know, queen. showing Nana. Uh, but then also, um, linking it to, uh, Rayra as well. Mm-hmm. Queen of Trap Nest. Yeah. Um, R is Ren, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, S is Sid Vicious. Um, and there was a note in here that I, when I was doing the translate, uh, that, that says, if you think about it, is it more that Nana is Nancy rather than that Sid is Ren or that Ren is Sid? Um, there's a note in there about it. <laughs> uh, T, Trap Nest, obviously, uh, is also Tobacco and Tokyo. Uh, w is Uwaki, which is cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, like to cheat on somebody. Uh, U is also 
uh, Uchiage, which is like after uh, event where you go out drinking. Um, so all of the after parties, uh, including like the one at the very beginning in volume one with um, Nana and Blast. Um, v is Vivian Westwood. Um, just noting a bunch of the Vivian Westwood that shows up. Uh, v is also virtual Sachiko. And vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, W is wakiyaku, which is like a term for supporting characters. Uh, so this is where we have all the forgettable people. Um, <laughs> like uh, Asano, I think, even shows up in here, possibly. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, you said W earlier, but you meant U. Oh, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Um... W is also Wazato Dayo, which is the, I did it on purpose. Uh, specifically, there's the Sachiko moment. Um, but the, like, the thing that seems like an accident that you did on purpose. Um, X is Xmas being Christmas. Um, and noting its importance as a, a date for Ren and Nana getting together. Uh, Y is Yake, um, which, that's like night views of the city, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, is also yasai, which is uh, vegetables. And so there's like the uh, of a special note is the the tomatoes that Takumi notes. Um, Z is zaka, which is like uh, sort of the thing like the strawberry glasses are here. Um, it's like the little sort of things that you have that like convey some sort of fashion. Um, Accessories uh, basically. Yeah. Yeah. There's like watches here as well, but then also like, uh, you know, the, the Walkman CD player uh, or Discman, I guess. Um, And then even like Nana's pill case for, for uh, birth control. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to run through the ones that it seemed that uh, she was highlighting as themes and like key images. Yeah. Well, that uh, that's definitely encouraging. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whenever you get something supplied by the author that uh, somewhat tells you that you've been on the right track in understanding yeah. the work. <laughs> um, but yeah, at some point, maybe... Uh, you know, I'll probably have it when we record the New Year special, and if we have time at the end, we could, like, talk through some of the other stuff more, or maybe I'll just sort of have it in the background, and if there's something that I read that feels relevant at some point, I'll bring it up. Yeah, but, um, you should just copy and paste yeah. it at some point into the notes. So we just, <laughs> <laughs> like, so, uh, into the persistent notes. So we just yeah. have the, like... Oh, just the, all the, all the, the, uh, like, themes. Yeah. Yeah. For the listener, we have a, our note document. Our note documents have evolved over time. And so now we have like a, a section of persistent notes and then a section of episode, episode specific notes. Uh, and that's what I'm mm-hmm. making reference to. Yeah. Um, anyway, shall we get into the synopses? Uh, yes, <laughs> I was just going through the, uh, okay. the, the list of themes that we had in our, the persistent notes section and starting to tally how many, uh, how much overlap there was between the, the A to Z and our notes document. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, let's let's move forward to the actual episode. Yeah. Uh, I All can right. start um, with the sure. 29, unless you want to. Yeah, I, th- I think that works out. Okay, well, we'll, we're about to find out if it does. Uh, yeah, no, that that was the one that I, that was how I wanted it to go. So yeah, you do 29. Okay. <laughs> uh, chapter 29. Nana returns home, expecting Takumi will have left for recording, but finds he is still there. He tells Nana that he and Hachi are getting married, while Hachi remains silent. He then takes Hachi to the bedroom to uh, possessively and vindictively rape Hachi for sleeping with Nobu. As the rape is happening, Nana has a dissociative trauma attack and breaks both strawberry glasses, the first on accident and the second so that the glasses can be together. Uh, We'll speculate about what's going on when we discuss in a minute. Uh, And then after uh, breaking the glasses, somehow ends up at Ren's place. Following day, uh, Takumi goes to work and announces his plan to marry Hachi uh, in front of the entire band, including Reira, which causes Reira to flee and disappear. Uh, While Shin goes to buy an Eric Clapton CD so he can listen to uh, Layla, the song Reira was named after, he gets a call from Reira. However, instead of asking him to meet up, she asks for Yasu's number, and Yasu goes to meet with her. Nana wakes up after Nobu calls her, because uh, she hasn't showed up for work that morning. Uh, and when she wakes up, she realizes that she has no knowledge of how she got to Ren's place, or even what happened after she saw the glass begin to fall. Um, and we see her like being like, oh, I, I think the glass might have broken. Uh, but she yeah. she really just doesn't like remember uh what what happened uh and in the voiceover from the future that closes the chapter she apologizes to haji for being fragile like that class um yeah and there's more to this apology as well but we'll discuss that momentarily uh chapter 30 nana still doesn't know what happened but assumes a strawberry glass broke so she buys a new one and plans to apologize to haji later Meanwhile, Yasu leaves Reira at his place as he has to go to work, um, and while she's there, she finds his Clapton CD and cries. Um, Trapness panics about Reira's whereabouts, and Ren confronts Takumi about his relationship with Reira um, and tries to convince him to marry her instead of Hachi. So Ren's like, you should marry Reira. This will like sort of fix things. Uh, we can talk about exactly Ren's motivation here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh takumi says that the greatest sin of his life uh this is in response to ren is putting reira in a tower where even he cannot touch her um yasu calls takumi to give him the key to his place so that he can go get reira but takumi sends mari instead who's like reira's sort of handler i guess yeah you would say um and uh, in the voiceover, Nana says that she was competitive with Trapnest because Ren left to, to join Trapnest. Uh, but when they took Hachi away, that's when she vowed to destroy them and steal Hachi back. We'll see how that works out. Uh, chapter 31. Despite her original plans to go see Hachi and apologize with the newly purchased replacement strawberry glass, Nana continues to avoid Hachi for over a week and becomes increasingly resentful that Hachi hasn't reached out to her at all. 
The Weekly Search paparazzi have been looking into Nana's troubled past and are hoping to get a photo of her with Ren to complete the story. Um, so we're starting, we start to get, uh, scenes from like the paparazzi side, the specifically the weekly yeah. search company and like the, the people, uh, over there. Um, yeah, it seems like there's like a photographer, maybe like a writer and an editor are the main people we see. Um, yeah. Um, and the, all of these characters will become more prominent, uh, as the, the manga proceeds, but that's one of the notable things that comes in as we start seeing the actual like paparazzi, uh, plotting and their motivations. Um, meanwhile, Yasu meets with Kawano, who, um, as we might recall, is their main contact at Gaia. Uh, and they talk about, Blast's precarious situation with the label. Um, the label is like moving slowly with their uh, debut. Uh, Kawano can't is having trouble like convincing the company to um, to invest and move forward. Um, so they're discussing that, and Yasu basically says, um, "Hey, I'm I'm glad to have someone like you in our corner." who truly believes in the band and the music. Um, and I, I want to shelter Nana and Shin from this side of it uh, because they both grew up without love. And I don't want them to think that uh, the entire world is just run by money and greed. Um, so I don't want them to like see that the band and the band's music is like subject to these forces as well. Um, anyway, while hanging out at Nobu's place, Shin mentions Hachi and asks what happened. Uh, and Nana reprimands Shin, tells him to never mention that name ever again. Uh, and then the, both of them become agitated and begin fighting, uh, verbally fighting. That is, um, Shin gets under Nana's skin, uh, by, well, first Nana starts criticizing Shin. Shin turns around and says, um, well, you know, everything you have is from Ren. Um, and really you're just, uh, mooching off Ren. Basically you're using him. Um, at least I provide services to people who give me gifts, uh, which sets Nana off. Um, Ren, at around this time calls Nobu, uh, who wants Ren to come get Nana. I, I think this is actually a little bit later that Ren calls. This is like the morning after, I think. Or yeah, I think Nobu. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause Shin and Nana fight. And then, um, Nana, like it's either a few hours later that night or like the following morning. Um, Nobu stays with Nana after Shin leaves. Ren then calls Nobu, uh, and Nobu is like, hey, Ren, you should come get Nana. She's be- acting uh, erratic and depressed. Um, I'm really concerned about her. And as Nobu's telling Ren this, Ren is like doing the dishes and sees that Nana destroyed her phone, uh, soaking it in, in the, the sink, uh, seemingly in another dissociative episode or the same one where she 
um, yeah. wandered into Ren's uh, place. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, we'll we'll look into that. As we go <laughs> I I don't remember when the phone when she has like has her thoughts about hating the phone and everything. Yeah, um, I, I think, but yeah, we don't need to speculate here. We'll we'll look at it. Uh, yeah. So uh, Nobu kind of tells Nana like, "Hey, Ren's coming," uh, and Nana explodes. She's worried about the paparazzi catching her with Ren. Um, this is lo- partially based on Takumi's comments to her uh, in the prior chapter, um, where they have a shared concern about the paparazzi. Uh, so she leaves uh, to avoid Ren, and basically having nowhere else to go, finally does go home to room 707. Uh, but when she gets there... She finds that Hachi has moved out and uh, and has left her a letter on the um, kitchen table. Uh, chapter 32. Uh, we open on Junko, Kyosuke, and Shoji talking about Hachi's engagement. And, uh, you know, there's various details we can get into here, but um, part of it involves Shoji being like, What's what's the guy's name? Uh, he's like some musician, right? And they're like uh, talking to me, and he's like, he's very from, rich. From Trapness? He, he has a lot of <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah, he's very rich. Oh, what does he do? <laughs> he's a musician. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you mean the the trapness musician that she had a crush on? Yeah, you, like, you mean when the, I was dating her, the guy, yeah. the bassist in the band that's like the most popular band in Japan right now. Gotcha. <laughs> uh junko and kyosuke just like completely not even considering uh you know celebrity would be the one so but shoji is like it, it's i mean it's more uh it's less calm like we're playing it but uh yeah. it is the you know it could be it could be it could be talking me from trapness yeah and then shoji also <laughs> um, like there's a there's a flashback of when shoji was like dating nana when she's like shoji knows that like nana loves or loved Takumi as like the bass player of Trap Nest. Yeah. Uh, so he has like that, that memory that triggers in the moment where that seems to yeah. help him like r- realize it. Um, then uh, Takumi and Naoki go to Takumi and Hachi's lavish new high security apartment. Um, so one, we learn about the, the high security, which will, will come up. <laughs> Uh, but Hachi shows Naoki the place, um, and has him stay for dinner, um, sort of much to Takumi's chagrin, uh, cause he, he doesn't want Naoki to hang around. Uh, but then after he leaves, Hachi and Takumi bathe together and Takumi, uh, finally asks her about her family and like learns about, you know, her sisters and things. Um, and then talks about plans for the wedding announcement. Um, and it seems like there's sort of this expectation, I think, of sex here, or I forget if sex has already happened when Shin calls. Um, and uh, Hachi, in Shin calling Hachi and like hearing some of the, you know, like talking to me in the background or whatever, finally pieces together everything that's happened because nobody's told him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when Takumi comes and is sort of like, oh, who's that on the phone? Like, Hachi's, like, crying. Um, and she lies and says that it was uh, Junko. Um, 
We then uh, finally return to Nana, um, who reads the the letter in room 707. Um, big typo on my part here, 706. <laughs> that's wrong. Um, Unforgivable. And yeah, and she breaks down crying. Um, and then we see Ren showing up to to pick her up. Uh, he picks up the letter and reads it as well and describes it as a love letter and tells Nana that he should just go see Hachi. Um, at, to which Nana protests the unfairness of life that she has to be the one to seek Hachi out. Um, and, you know, it's unfair because she has neglect trauma. These are the things that you tell yourself. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, uh, are, are like, even though it is not actually unfair in this moment for her to be the one to do it. Uh, you know, life itself is unfair that she would have to be the one to do it. Um, and we end with Shin showing up at Reyres, um, and doing this whole I'm a traveling musician thing, uh, and begins to play the unplugged version of Layla on his new acoustic guitar, which moves her to tears. Uh, and then we move to the Naoki bonus chapter. Uh, which I did a very short synopsis for this because there's stuff we can get into, but I didn't want to have a super long synopsis. Yeah. I mean, it it is a synopsis. So, uh, Mm -hmm. not meant to be comprehensive. Um, so in the Naoki bonus chapter, we learn about the background behind the formation of trap nest from Naoki's perspective, uh, including insights into Yasu's relationship with Reira and feelings of guilt about being adopted. So we, we learned that Yasu was adopted. Um, we basically see all of the um, relation. I think we get final confirmation of what the nature of the relationships between Takami, Reira, Naoki, Ren, and Yasu are. That they all knew each other in like middle school or whatever. Um, and so it, it's narrating a lot of the backstory, like from that point onwards. Um, yeah. Or from that point, like up to uh, everyone moving to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and in the course of doing this, we learn more about Takami's troubled past, uh, his relationship to Reira and other women as like a teenager. Um, and then the growth of Trap Nest itself from um, music club band to major label darlings. Yeah. Yeah. So got a lot of pages to uh, to get through here, but <laughs> we start off with a really important chapter. So yeah, um, we're not going to say that we're not going to take a lot of time at the front because we we really should. Yeah, of all the chapters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of the, the most pivotal key chapters. For sure. Um, so, uh, do, shall we just start on the, the first page? Yeah, I think the first page is um, a key. The placement is, is really important. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll start there. Um, I'll just read the, the text on the page. The image is just uh, seven stars, cigarettes, and a uh, lighter um, in that sort of seems like it was processed in Photoshop style, like a photo that was processed. Um, and uh, from Nana's voice, uh, 
The summer I turned 16, I switched to Seven Stars cigarettes because that's what Ren smoked. We got the same piercings, we wore matching combat boots, we slept in the same bed, and we shared a dream. But then Ren abandoned me. Somewhere in my heart, I never, I never forgave him for that, just like I couldn't forgive my mother. Um, and then this also sort of continues. We get the like chapter 29 splash page. And then we have a few panels of uh, basically Nana starting to smoke saying, I have no willpower. This is my fifth cigarette. I only quit for three months, but how else can I calm myself down? I wonder what Nobu ended up doing. I was probably too harsh with him. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, uh, and this sort of gets us into the, the chapter itself, but um. I think a, a key thing here that is being highlighted, and this is something, you know, last time you had this question of like, we, we get it more explicitly stated uh, in our last volume that like Nana could just like Ren is saying, hey, just be as affectionate as you want with Hachi. Just like actually go and like, you know, do this. Yeah. <laughs> the, the most the possibility has ever been about them just like forming a, a like romantic relationship in yeah. some way. Just fo- follow um, your heart's desire, basically. Yeah. Um, but then what, what like persists out and it started last time we get like this hesitation around, um, you know, there's the initial moments and then it like, sort of spiraling more and more into like Nana's anxieties around motherhood and pregnancy. Um, and here at the beginning of this page, we get like very specifically stated and in a way that I think, um, especially from this point forward is like a very key thing in understanding Nana and her motivations is that she has neglect drama and, you know, it's Ren abandoned me. And then also just like, I couldn't forgive my mother. And so this idea of Nana's pride that's been talked about, um, here is, I think, getting, like, contextualized and, and situated in she was abandoned by her mother, she was abandoned by Ren, and so she has this neglect trauma. The way that that is, like, healed or repaired is you have people take care of you when a trauma attack happens. Um, and we also then specifically get situated that she's not getting that right now because she's dealing with it with cigarettes. Like, the, the whole... Uh, the only way I can calm myself down seems to be, and also this, like this, this push, this thing that like, when you have neglect, speaking as someone who has neglect trauma, you want to find the way that you can fix it in yourself, even though that's actually not probably going to be the best way to fix it. Um, which can then lead to things like I am going to smoke because that calms me down. And that's like a coping mechanism that I have to deal with. And I don't need anyone else rather than yeah for, for that. But the other thing, like, requires a certain level of trust that can be hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll say about um, N- Nana's pride. Uh, it, so so there's the dimension of it where it's um, this negative thing that holds her back. Um, but then I think this page, and then, of course, all of the preceding information um, all helps us see that if we're looking at now that we see Nana as someone who's suffering from neglect trauma, um, specifically the first, the abandonment of, uh, of her mother um, and the loss of like home and family and these things um, that in a way like deprived her, destabilized 
deprived her of identity or destabilized her identity. Uh, and then getting some sort of uh, salvation with Ren uh, and having this relationship that started that, that became a healing force. Uh, but then also like a source of identity as well. Um, that's kind of the, the first half of this page talking about yeah to just like how much Nana derived her, the bedrock of the identity that she like has now from Ren. Um, you know, the same cigarettes, piercings, combat boots, obviously music, and then specific type of music, all of these things that she received from Ren. Uh, yeah. but then again, but then Ren, Ren abandoned me. Um, so it's not only like the re-aggravating the initial abandonment, um, but also that splitting, uh, it's also like assaulting her sense of identity again. Uh, cause these two things are, are tied, tied together for Nana. Um, and so I yeah. think it helps us understand that her pride is, also a kind of coping mechanism that is effective for her in a way. Um, it's like a source of inner strength for her uh, and, and yeah. resolution. Um, but of course, in being that it's also charged with all of these, uh, all of the anxiety that you, <laughs> that you mentioned um, where like, well, her pride is so much like, well, I'm going to be the best or I'm going to be like the best singer. I'm going to be famous. I have this inner strength for myself. I don't rely on Ren. I don't rely on like anybody else. Um, and that's something that is like deeply important to her, uh, as a coping mechanism in the face of like these immense, the, the wounds and then the anxiety that she has. Yeah. Um, and then also that pride being, again, coping mechanism. Um, like it's often the thing that helps you get by day to, to day to day, but coping mechanisms are not healing things. And so like the pride is also in many ways related to this like impulse that you often have when you have neglect trauma, which is that, when you feel like someone is pulling away or you become afraid that you might lose someone, you move into the state of pushing them away. Uh, because if you do it, then you're not being abandoned. It's like this, like way that you sort of cope with and deal with that thing that's happening. And it can often become like self-destructive because maybe someone isn't actually pulling away or is not, uh, pulling away for these reasons, like is not actually trying to abandon you. Um, but then and that's it is like just a thing like that you have to work on. The response that you go to immediately when it's not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it's also easy to contextualize it as a sort of like uh, pride or like, oh, you know, um, I was right. Like, I just got to take care of myself. That's the, the way you get through this world or whatever. Um, and, you know, so much of like what's to come in Nana's story here uh, is about like, is she going to be able to get over the like neglect trauma response of Hachi is leaving me to come to the like 
there are ways that I have like abandoned or neglected or failed Haji. Um, and that I actually have to like do that. <laughs> you know, I need to do things to mend that from my side right. rather than uh, expect that. And like, I, I, you know, that I can, cause I think yeah. a lot of the time, like, <clears throat> or the way that it's articulated, um, a few chapters from now is not a being like, why should I have to be the one to do this? Um, yeah. And so the register of that seems like, you know, she doesn't want to, or she doesn't feel like it should, she should have to. Uh, but then also I think underneath that and not only there, but throughout the, the manga that we so far, um, I think there's also just, I think we could posit that there's just, she doesn't really feel that it's a possibility or doesn't really see that as a, a, even a possibility uh, yeah. that she can be the one to like reach out and mend something. So uh, yeah, that we'll see a lot of that. <laughs> Suffice it to say, uh yeah. In the next few chapters. Um, so, <laughs> uh, after that, Nana re- decides to return home. Um, and Takumi's there. Um, and just truly immediately in this mode that I think he... Again, it seems, from, from my perspective, an intentional thing that he does, which is to ambush people with information. Um, and to, to do it in a way that... Um, has a nonchalance about it in order to put someone on the back foot um, so that he can like maintain that control over the situation. Yeah. And disguise uh, it even like starts what with he's him. Doing. Yeah. And it, it didn't even starts with him immediately being the one who's saying like, welcome home. Yeah. Right. Um, Just like announcing how her home has been usurped essentially. Yeah. Him, him um, being like so- in the home already as the one who's able to say welcome home <laughs> when like it's not his home at all. Uh, yeah. is so jarring. Um, and then also, you know, we've just had her thoughts of like, I'm trying to calm myself down. And like, right now it feels like cigarettes are the one thing that does it. Um, he's immediately being like, cigarettes are bad for the baby. Put out the cigarette. Uh, and then just, you know, very blunt announces we're getting married. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and with everything leading up to this, uh, I think we we as the reader can feel just, like, how jarring this is. Uh, Just because Nana, like, not only knowing her psychological state (laughs) leading into this, um, and then how much, like, intense and unresolved uh, angst she has about the pregnancy... And then everything that like just happened with that. Um, but then also like the suddenness of the marriage revelation itself, I think is still lingering for us as readers. Um, so you can really feel like just how devastating and, and jarring uh, the revelation is in this moment when talking to me just like <laughs> lays it out there uh, immediately. Um, also, I think there's a, a way that we get, um, so like they're originally sitting across the table, uh, Takami and Hachi, 
Um, and as Nana comes out, like Takemi goes to sit on the same side as Nana and then, uh, puts his arm around or the same side as Hachi puts his arm around her and like has his hand on like the back of her neck, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just portrayed as this very like, uh, subtly controlling thing that he's doing. Yeah. Almost this. grabbing her by the hair. Um, yeah. Um, along with her body language and silence. Yeah. It, it um, really presents sort of head down. Yeah. Uh, it, it presents a very, uh, like vivid, uh, dynamic <laughs> or like very yeah. vividly presents like what this dynamic is, uh, or could become where Hachi is just like, completely silent Takumi is now usurped like not only the space but the whole conversation um and like the revelation of this information that you would think uh it would make more sense for for one friend to tell another friend this not this guy that you know you barely know uh but the yeah the whole way that this plays out in terms of the way the conversation structured and then also the body language uh and the illustrations is just like overwhelmingly conveying uh Takumi's like manipulation and domineering yeah um and then of course also like once uh he's with Hachi in a room alone uh is saying like you want to move out fast because it's hard to face nana right uh she's pretty pretty tight with nobu i'm sure that makes things awkward and she's visibly pissed which like one is sort of further emphasizing the story that he wants in this um and then also like emphasizing this like of course you don't want to talk to nana right now um you know uh don't worry, I'll just handle it, is, like, the way that he's sort of taking with her as well. Yeah, just, like, railroading this whole thing along, basically, um, yeah. in in every respect. Um, yeah, just, like, a- every tool possible in his toolbox uh, is, is deployed here. Um, and there might be some ways that the level of success that he like he might not even be intending to succeed as well as he is. Uh, Cause there's just certain aspects that are like of the situation that are out of his control or that he may not know. Uh, yeah. And so like tragically all of the things that he doesn't know about just are like, more fuel like happen to be more fuel for the fire uh in everything that he's like trying to do uh and so like almost everything that he uh deploys is like landing in the moment yeah um also in this like this shift to nana as the perspective character um 
one emphasizes sort of sort of the suddenness of some of this decision. Uh, we saw a little bit of the conversation where like Takumi was like, oh, let's get married. Um, we didn't really see a conversation happen about like moving out and when that was going to happen in that sort of timeline. Um, so all of that stuff, even for us as a viewer or a reader here, like comes to us suddenly of like, oh, we're, you know, she's moving out soon. Uh, Hachi's going to move out soon. And Hachi um, having saying nothing like, yeah. I think, you know, sh- not a shifting to become the perspective character, but then, like, maybe even more than that, Hachi's interiority, like, just going away so, so completely. Um, like, more so than I think we've ever seen in the manga. Uh, she's yeah. just, like, completely gone. Um,. Yeah, so, you know, especially this decision, unclear to us, the reader, how much Hachi, like, how much was Takumi specifically leading her towards this decision, um, those sorts of things. Uh, And then him being the one of, like, of course, this was her decision, too. Um, You know, Hachi's still not saying anything in that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Takumi's the one who says that. Uh, and then, of course, we get Nana doing the uh, feeling some withdrawal, so you push away. Of, well, it's perfect timing. I was going to move in with Ren anyway, so let's just ditch the stupid place. Um, which, obviously, we see the reaction, you know, hurts Hachi. Yeah. Um, I think what um, what feels really jarring about, about this shift is that in the prior volume... It feels like we see the the immediate, um, like beforehand with Takumi and Hachi, where they're like having the last conversation, or they're like agreeing to get married, basically. Um, yeah, and then it kind of feels like these conversations about, um, you know, moving moving out and stuff like that organically probably happened in that same moment. Um, Like, I guess what I'm saying is in the prior chapters, we see Hachi seeming to have a lot more agency and like agreeing to these decisions. Um, And, you know, we know all of the circumstances behind that, why that happens. Um, But then like, there's this break that happens where like we see her in that mode where it seems like she's more <laughs> active and like the reader is seeing her interiority and her thought process and like her agreement. Um, and then all of a sudden here, it's just like, she's just, it feels so suddenly like she's just like in Takumi's clutches now. And there's almost like a symbolic, uh, there's almost like a way that this her in this conversation is operating at more of a symbolic level than like an organic level for me. Uh where like what's emphasized is now like her situation. Um vis-a-vis yeah. talk Takumi and his like domineering. Um in a way that like, it doesn't perfectly make sense with what we saw just before this. You know what I mean? 
Uh, yeah. But it's communicating some something it, else. And some of it is like, there, there is, we talked to the ways that like Hachi is also making decisions here. Um, and specifically decisions around like wanting to keep her baby. Um, and all of the things around that. So there's also ways that we can like, uh, read into the certain amount to which she does agree with some of the stuff that Takami says. We also talk about the way that some of that stuff was still manipulative from his side. Um, but also part of the jarring effect here is like also reminding you that from Nana's perspective, she's gotten very little of any of that mm-hmm. side of things. Uh, and so it is just this suddenly all of these things are happening yeah. without any clear reason. Um, and Takami is just sort of seemingly taken charge. Um, yeah. So we can still bring in a certain amount to which, like, we can understand the reasons why um, a lot of this stuff is things that Hachi is also making her own choices around. Um, but then, yeah, from this perspective. Yeah, the way it feels uh, we makes just get sense. the hard. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, we then uh, get to, do, do we want to go to like actually where Takumi and Hachi are, are in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, uh, one note that I had was just the, uh, Takumi's facial reaction, the, the panel to Rara's text of the lyrics are done. Total love story. Um, yeah, the, uh, the narrowed eyes. Um, yeah, though, like that kind of washed out, uh, effect. I know there's there's uh, a technical term that is better for this or more accurate. I just don't know, but uh, it's the the device that um, Yuzawa is is often using um, to like mark a moment of heightened like emotion for a character. Yeah, uh, and we we get several of those with Takumi actually in this volume. Um, and this is one right here where, uh, well, <laughs> um, w- the volume it- itself unpacks more of like Takami and Reira's, uh, relationship as we go. But yeah. Yeah. Suffice it just to note, like the moment of heightened emotion here when Takami sees the, the text from your darling Reira. Um, Yeah. Oh, not not to take us back, but I also wanted to point out that when uh, Nana um, talks about planning to move in with Ren, Takumi is immediately like, oh, yeah, that's a bad idea because of the paparazzi and like the scandal thing. And wouldn't you hate it if you just made it big because of some scandal instead of like your own musical integrity? That's what I want. Um, You know? Yeah. Um, And this is another moment where like one of one of a handful of moments that we see where Takumi is like saying something with perhaps an ulterior saying something that is like probably true but then like so all the stuff about the paparazzi like being on their trail and wanting you know wanting to catch them together and blah 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 like we as the reader know that's true. Um, and, and so does Nana. Uh, 
so Takumi saying something that is like accurate and and correct, but then also like he's only saying that because he has an ulterior motive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, like to to put Nana in this position where uh he's being like, yeah, don't rely too much on this other support system that you have. Yeah. Um, and it might not even be beneficial for him. And it might not even be that like. Takumi cares that much to like cut Nana off. Like it might not be that he cares to like cut Nana off from Ren because he has something yeah. against Nana. But like that's just an effect that he he doesn't care about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he doesn't care about the consequences does, of that. He does know the way that it will like uh further like push her away or or like put her into more of an upset state right now. Yeah. And just like doesn't care or like intends to do that on some level. Uh but mostly is just like doesn't want to mess up. Like doesn't want to trap Ness to have trouble because of this. And can't like yeah. manipulate Ren into or can't convince or manipulate Ren into like <laughs> doing this. Uh so he's going to attack from Nana's side instead. Yeah. Um, we then get to the, you know, it starts with like the sort of romantic shoujo kiss, uh, but pretty quickly, you know, you turn the page and it's like, uh, Hachi's in distress. <laughs> um, as the, this like, you know, beginning of a rape occurs. Um, and, we talked about the, the like dubious consent of some of the other stuff, but the depiction here is, um, you know, I think pretty, um, hard to, to argue with as anything other than rape happening. Agreed. Um, I think it also, and, um, the shoujo kiss moment, it's so similar to the first kiss that they have. Um, yeah. Just in terms of the, the visual of it, um, and like the positioning of the their way bodies. he sort of grabs her head. Um, yeah. And her expression. Um, yeah. and this scene, it reveals a lot about Takumi. Uh, and it, it makes us think in different ways about him. Uh, and I think it also like, there's an argument to be made that it recontextualizes that, earlier kiss as well where we can now like when we just had that alone it was kind of like you know the interpretation was uh well we we had our interpretation of like takumi and, and the nature of that um but now we find like we see that that is just part of uh like a gradient of Takumi's behavior that it's all on like one gradient together. <laughs> uh, and so that maybe like makes us feel differently about the earlier stuff as well. Yeah. Um, there's also multiple, like to, to go into the motivations of, of Takumi here. I mean, obviously there's the stated one of like, um, you know, Hachi's basically saying, hey, you know, it might not be good for the baby. Nana will hear that kind of stuff. Um, and when she says, uh, because he says, it's cool, man. 
Uh, she won't know if you be quiet, uh, Hachi says, but she's already mad at me. Um, and then Takumi, uh, you know, most like angry to get here. What about making me mad? I can't stand that another guy slept with you. Um, and so obviously there's this like very possessive thing here, as I noted in the, the synopsis. Uh, but we get the additional layers of one, there's the text from Reira, uh, which I think colors this. Like getting that text and then immediately going into this mode, it, it's hard not to assume that at least some of the ways that he feels about Reira is like informing the way that uh, he's also treating Hachi here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the specific thing of like, you know, Nana will hear uh, and the, the framing of like, you know, you should make Nana mad, not me mad. Uh, also pointing towards this being a specific thing to further drive Nana away. Like, yeah, let's go into the bedroom. You have sex with me. This will like further push Nana away from, from this situation. Um, I think all of, all of those motivations seem to be like intertwined in, in what talking is doing here. Yeah. And um, communicate my dominance to, to you and to Nana, uh, yeah. at this like pivotal moment. Um, <clears throat> of like well i also work out my frustrations around rayra <laughs> right yeah um, and there will be more support for that for your connect uh, your connection of those two things later i think um yeah where definitely one of those details that the first time you read it you might not tie together that text from rayra uh, and then the rape scene uh but as you learn more i think it's um you know hard not to connect to those yeah but yeah, his his f- extreme frustrations over or around Rera uh, being part of the this violence, um, and then taking a step back, which we don't quite have everything for this part yet. But um, Takumi's like frustrations around specific women in his life, particularly. Uh, like not being processed at all and then yeah ending up in like being externalized into this like misogynistic violence um that he like enacts on uh primarily Hachi and Reira but not only um and yet yeah, the the hair grabbing and all of these like um telltale Takumi moves here. Um, All of the things that a lot of things that were there already um, converge here with the like revelation of the violence. Uh, And then at least for me, like this is a moment where you see, um, you know, we've seen his like forcefulness. We've seen, uh, his manipulation, uh, and, and so on. Um, but we, we now see the like overt physical sexual violence, um, or the most extreme end of that, which is rape. Um, and I think that like, again, it's, it's revealing to me, it's revealing like a gradient of behavior, um, where all of this is like on the same gradient, but now we've just seen the like, 
the worst end of it finally yeah uh and i think the the illustrations uh as painful as it is to linger on the uh on these panels um the illustrations really communicate all of this as well uh with like the i can't stand that another guy slept with you him looming over grabbing her hair uh like extremely threatening um like overwhelming presence uh and then the Um, the bottom panel shoving her down into the pillow or like the bed shoving her down and we no longer see her face we just see her his hand now like on her head shoving her down and him like descending uh looming even larger like on top of her and now taking up like the whole panel um as he's saying like you don't worry about anything just worry about me just me um yeah is uh yeah this does a lot of work as well and um revealing like what's happening and what takumi's uh what his intentions are or like what just what he's doing um with or without any consideration of his intentions um demanding this like um devotion uh from from hachi and and isolating her in that yeah um and yeah the the next the other side of the spread here with the like we sort of get the same um you know lifeless or traumatized look in hachi's eyes yeah um and then no, no, I hate that old creaky bread uh, bed she bought at Mizukushi, uh, Mizukoshi store. Um, so, you know, she can obviously hear it. And then this is where um, she's really starting to have the, the beginning of this, like, uh, you know, neglect trauma attack. Um, thinking of you're way more important than a boyfriend, Nana. Uh, liar. Um you know, I'm, I really, really like Nobu. I think I'm totally falling in love with him. I want it to be right this time. You betrayed him. Um, and then, you know, mad that Hachi won't even say with her own mouth to go find a new roommate. Um, and then sees the, the glass falling. Um, yeah, like slams on her get fist the little, on the table and accidentally yeah. it seems to be inadvertently knocking the glass over. Yeah. Um... We get the little bit of, uh, you know, Hachi wasn't using the glasses, even though she liked them because it would be sad if one of them broke. Um, and so, you know, just be really careful with them. Uh, one thing that stands out to me here, um, going back a couple pages, uh, so she's beginning to have this uh, panic attack, essentially. Um, and the the feelings are manifesting as anger like overwhelming anger at hachi um and so she's just like furious uh with hachi for for these various reasons um slams her fist on the table like in anger and then as the glass is rolling 
like immediately like snaps out of the anger uh remembering you know they're only good as a set but i want you to like them too and then tries to like save the glass um so even when she's like in the midst of this uh like anxiety attack um and then in relation to that like perhaps irrationally angry, like fixate on this anger with Hachi. Um, she's still like snaps out of it in this moment enough to like save the class. Um, and I think there there's to me, that's a lot different from like this chapter could be written differently in the way that like she's having this anxiety attack. She's angry. And then she just like smashes the glass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but here it's like she accidentally knocks it over. And then when she sees that it's like in jeopardy, then she immediately like all of her positive emotions about Hachi and like her care for Hachi like reemerges um, as like the predominant um, as the predominant feeling again. Yeah. Um. And then once it breaks, she's like, you know, also in this sort of uh, the the trauma eyes, I guess I will describe them as the yeah. Izawa eye draws, um, where uh, you really just like get the whites of the eyes. Um, and, uh, you know, remembers it um, and is in this like very panicked state, uh, like obviously very scared uh worried about what will happen um and picks up the second glass to to drop it um yeah and then you know the the note of good now they're together i'm not sad anymore um which i think we can read a lot of things in this uh you know there there is the like anger version of it um there's the you know well they are together like uh now they're together being like hachi and takami um i think we can i think we can dismiss that well this may be cavalier of me but i think we can dismiss that she breaks the second glass in anger i don't think uh yeah yeah we should mention it as a possibility possible interpretation but i I think we can dismiss. <laughs> uh, I don't think either one of us the, thinks that's what's happening. Even the way that she breaks the glass is depicted as like this sort of uh, in this like weird state of calmness that you sometimes enter into when you've gone into like extreme panic mode and you're no longer like she is dissociating here. I've also had neglect trauma attacks where like I will sort of lose sense of like how I got somewhere. Um not to such an extent that I travel from one apartment to another. <laughs> uh, that has never happened to me, but I've had times where I'm like, I don't know how I ended up in this room. Um, like I remember being in this room and now I'm over in this room. Um, those sorts of things. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a, this way that she like very calmly sort of picks up the glass, uh, like pours the water out and lets it drop. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is very different than the sort of, what you'd expect with anger where you would like slam it 
you know, yeah. like you'd hold it in your hand and like throw it down or something. Um, yeah, and this this strikes me more as a like mournful, ceremonious act. Uh, yeah, especially as she's thinking about like Hachi's say, Hachi saying, "If one breaks, I'll be sad." Uh, yeah. And so, of course, one has broken. Um, so now, in this like state of mind that she's in, uh, she she thinks to to break the other uh and it won't be sad anymore if both of them are broken um yeah and then there's a you won't deeper see the symbolism. one that will remind you of the other one that's broken they're just both gone now <laughs> yeah and then there's also deeper symbolism like as well if we can i mean i think the first one that layer of symbolism that comes to mind is hachi and nana themselves uh as like the pair um yeah. Who are both like experiencing um some form of break or like brokenness in this moment. Um I mean, first of all, in their relationship, there's this rupture that is happening. Um and then that, you know, the glass is being broken rip echoes that rupture. Uh but then also Hachi now entering into this abusive relationship um, where she's suffering emotionally and physically. uh, And then Nana entering into, um, you know, having this uh, attack, but also like entering into a a moment in her life where she's going to be struggling quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, the glasses somewhat in a heart shape, um, the two broken glasses together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Uh, so we get the, the waking up, um, and I think the the first big thing, obviously, Ren just doesn't know when she came over or whatever. Um, But we, after seeing this whole scene, uh, then sort of Ren and and Nana together, uh, where Ren's just woken up and found Nana in bed. uh, We then get this, like, initially contextless, but you quickly see it's Takami saying it. What's total love story about this? It sounds like a song about adultery to me. Um reading <laughs> Rara's lyrics here. Uh, I laugh because we get a, a brief comedy in like Rara's expression here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what I'm um, laughing at too. Yeah. There is a little bit of, we're doing some, some comedy here to like uh, break the tension a little bit after what just happened. Um, but it, it's not going all the way. It's just sort of, we're doing some, some good facial expressions for Rara. Yeah. And, and um, talking to me. There's like yeah. there's stuff in this where because uh, this this exchange is also going to quickly become very uh, ha- emotional or have emotional consequences. Too. Yeah, but there's some comedy like happening here for sure. Yeah, um, and of course here, uh, you know, we we will later get um, Rayra sort of countering saying. Uh, 
you know, it's real true love. It's about being bound by love, but you don't even kiss. Who does that uh, sound like? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously not Anne Hachi, mm-hmm. although I guess they did kind of kiss. Um, but also there's this way that it could be Ray Ray and Takami. Um, yeah. That's also a, a thing uh, in the mix here. Very good point. Um, or Ray Ray and yeah. Ren. Yeah. But, you know, especially after this whole event that happened, you know, the, the, you, you're reading through Nana and at a certain point you're like, oh, this is about the true love between these two girls. And now you have this like deep rupture. And then you immediately have someone say, what's total love story about this and saying, no, it's real true love. It's about being bound by love, (laughs) but you don't even kiss. Uh, there's a certain amount to which like, I think some of the comedy of the facial expressions here is the, we're doing a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're talking about what the manga is. Yeah. What this whole story is about. Yeah. You have that, like you do have that subtle um, meta commentary that is often does. I mean, you get it in the, the um, like bonus chapters extensively. Uh, Yeah. But it seems like that style is bleeding over here. Yeah. it as well in a way um yeah and then it, it immediately turns into uh you know now that you mentioned rings take i'm getting married uh take being like their their manager guy yeah uh i'm getting married it's all right right <laughs> um and again this like nonchalance at which he announces something to people that just shocks them <laughs> yeah um and this is a moment where sometimes Takumi will do this seemingly intentionally. Uh, but then there's also like, there's a, going back to some of the other conversations we've had about him. Uh, there's also a way that like, he just doesn't like, Maybe he just doesn't think it's a big deal to like announce it yeah. like this, you know, um, like he should, <laughs> um, especially if he cared about Rera. Like we know that he knows uh, Rera's feelings for him. And yeah, if you follow that train of thought, like you, you could easily predict that she's going to react badly. Um, yeah. But I mean, not to, to jump ahead to next chapter, but like, there is this way where it seems like he truly doesn't know what he's doing here. Yeah. But then we are also going to get Ren explicitly saying, if the band is so important to you, don't say something that'll shock the princess right before recording. You're too harsh and you know how pre- uh, how to press all her buttons. And Takumi's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But at this point, it seems like he actually does. Mm-hmm. Ren knows that Takumi actually kind of intentionally sprung this on people to some extent. Yeah. Um, or that he just like, and doesn't- you know, Ren's like, don't act like you don't know Rayra's in love with you or that he just like, um, doesn't care. Yeah. Like he, maybe he knew that and he just is like sprung it on Rayra. Cause like to just like, Oh, she just needs to deal with it. You know, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and then she's just going to have to deal with it. Um, and then he doesn't really like care about the damage that that's going to, be entailed in that um 
Anyway, we also get in this conversation. Uh, so Naoki um, is doing that. She probably lured you uh, with her da- <laughs> on her dangerous day. Um, and, you know, the talk to me. I want to see you. Please come inside me. She didn't say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the note. Yeah. Um, but there is a certain amount of talk to me being like, no, I doubt she meant to get pregnant, but that might be her goal now. She'll need money. So, like, somewhat correctly identifying part of why Hachi has decided to, to do this. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is a key moment for, for like, Takumi as a character, a, a key line here, uh, where he says, Love can come later. People always love themselves the most. So they tend to love the person who best accommodates their desires. Um, and this obviously seems to be the way that Takumi thinks of love. Uh, we talk about Takumi as a narcissist, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think it'd be fair to say that Takumi seems to love himself most. Um, yeah. With maybe the aside of, of Reira, we have the, all the complexities there. Um, yeah. Some kind of extreme idealized, like love of Reira that is yeah. symbiotic with his self-love. Um, and there is this way that like, we can also read his love of Hachi being the way that she accommodates his desires. Um, that, and we'll, we'll talk about this more as we get into some other examples. Like this is a big thing I want to bring up when we get to the Naoki bonus chapter of, um, is there actually a pattern of Takumi having Hachis, um, that he can sort of have on the side to, while he deals with his feelings about Reira or does not deal with them perhaps more accurately. Yeah. Um, this, this also, then also this, well, oh yeah. Also, I think this statement from, from Takumi is also a little bit of how he manipulates people. Um, he, he recognizes that people will like people who accommodate them. Uh, or accommodate their desires. And so there's also this way that he reads into what is it that people want? Like, what is it that Hachi wants? If I give Hachi what she wants in this moment, she will then choose me over other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen him do that. Uh, yeah. You know, trying to say the right thing at the right moment, uh, choosing his words uh, for maximum impact, stuff like that. Um, and then we'll see him do this. Well, what I was going to say is this statement, uh, this is just part of Takumi's worldview where like, and, and we learn more about his whole worldview later. Um, but there's a key moment, many, many, uh, chapters from now where Takumi says, uh, if Hachi, basically, I think I'm quoting it correctly. If Hachi leaves me, my whole world will be a battlefield. Uh, and it's a really, like, uh, powerful, memorable line, but also very revealing for him, uh, where this is how he, see, he sees the world, uh, as a battlefield. Um, and, that I think that ties into this uh, this view of love that he has, um, where it's you know every person for themselves. Um, there's this transactional element where like, well, love is only uh, you know people will love the person who 
who best accommodates their desires. Uh, so like if I'm getting something out of it, <laughs> uh, then that's love. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this is just like part of his wider worldview, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll uh, see him. I'm thinking of like his dealings with the paparazzi later, uh, where he, where he follows this worldview, um, often, uh, and tends to, like you said, tends to relate to people on this level of like trying to anticipate what they want and then having, trying to have success in dealing with people (laughs) based on calculating what they want and then calculating how to like give it to them, uh, in a way that also benefits him. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else before sort of we close this out this this chapter out? Um, um yeah, Rira and Shin. So Yeah. Uh um we t- I mean, I think the the big notable thing here uh is Shin sort of being like uh it's all right, what is it? I'll do anything. I don't want any money or any more money, so um and this like, you know, we've seen him buying the CD. This is clearly him being like I want to change what our relationship is. I want, I want it to be like, I care about you in a different way. I, I don't want it to be like this other relationship that I have with women. Um, but of course she just asked for Yasu's number. Um, yeah. So they continue, uh, <clears throat> moving forward in a way, but, uh, in the fashion that we've seen up until now, which is very painfully, <laughs> Uh, and continually like missing each other and aggravating each other's, uh, uh, traumas, um, but still like with good intentions for the other person and then moving forward because of that. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Nobu and Nana. Um, yeah, I was going to point this out. Um, I think this is a good an important scene uh firstly because nobu nobu being the one to call nana um so obviously they didn't leave things on very in a very good place last time uh nana you know threw threw nobu to the ground and like we discussed that scene previously uh but in spite of that, Nobu reaches out to Nana and is like reaching out to care for her in this moment of need, even after um, this horrible exchange where she really uh, was was pretty cruel to him. Um, and the significance of this will will be realized in the following chapters. Uh, but I just wanted to note, like. It seems like a moment of growth for Nobu. Yeah. Um, also note that because uh, this is not a waking up. Seemingly Ren bandaged her cheek while she was asleep uh, from the cut. She gets a cut from the, the breaking glass. Um, like a piece sort of flies and, and hits her cheek. Um, yeah. More symbolism there. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, we get this, uh, her seemingly still like is, is coming out of some sort of, uh, dissociative thing where she's still saying, I can't remember how I got here. I don't even know if I'm awake. Um, so, uh, again, I've definitely had these moments of confusion where I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how I got to this spot. So, yeah. Um, but her, um, the degree to which she is forthcoming about this with Nobu uh, seems notable. Uh, yeah. Because in the past, up until now, uh, she's often... I, She's just, like, ha- has not been vulnerable with him <laughs> and has avoided it uh, to an extreme degree, seems like. Uh, and there feels like there's a little shift happening here. Uh, yeah, where Nana is like suddenly being much more forthcoming and willing to uh, like be vulnerable with Nobu uh, and, and like, if not openly ask for uh, help, like communicating that she needs help. Yeah. Um, and then the, the outro like narration here, um, Hey, Hachi, I was like that cheap glass. I didn't have the strength to accept you as you are. But compared to the loneliness of losing everything, the pain of breaking was more bearable. I was so fragile inside. It's not your fault. Um, Which I think ties ties into your analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And especially this, this, uh, you know the pain of breaking here with the broken glass, I think is also sort of, uh, significant. We see Hachi cleaning up the broken glass here. Um, and this idea of like the loneliness of losing everything, the pain of breaking is more bearable. Um, seems to be getting to some degree at like, uh, having the, like doing the thing that is going to cause the break and, um, also like trigger that within yourself is is still like preferable to just outright being rejected um yeah i think is part of what's getting at this getting at uh here as well i think also um self-destruction uh yeah in the sense of to to carry forward the glass analogy um instead of just existing as an empty glass or as a single glass with, you know, not in a pairing, um, the loneliness of like the loneliness of losing everything and still care, like continuing to exist. Uh, that is like less preferable than just yourself breaking, uh, and like being destroyed. Um, yeah. So there's that element as well. Um, should we move on to chapter 30? Yes. <laughs> in an hour and a half in to the main episode, there's 15 minutes at the end of, uh, of CD stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, we, well, we can probably hit these other chapters faster. Yeah. We're going to um, have to be a lot more ruthless, uh, yeah. <laughs> for the rest of this episode with what gets covered. Yeah. But I mean, in our defense, uh, 
if you're going to spend an hour and a half on one chapter of Nana, uh, that chapter 29 is one of the most important ones to do it. Oh, for sure. I have no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've apportioned our focus well, uh, and, and we will, we will continue to do so, but more ruthlessly. Yeah. Um, what, what, where do we want to start? Uh, <laughs> uh, so we have the voiceover, um, yeah, from Nana. Uh, she's reflecting on the strawberry glasses. Um, she's buying a new one. This is where we learn that she, uh, can't remember. She just truly can't remember what happened. Um, but she thinks when broke. Uh, so she bought one because she thinks one broke, uh, and she's mm. going to go home and tell Hachi she's sorry, and apologize with the new glass. Uh, um, important note here, I think. Uh, so you know, goes to Ren, uh, despite the fact that she was supposed to lay low and throw the paparazzi off. Um, but then it's like, well, at least I didn't wake up at Yasu's. I've got to stop being so dependent on him. It's not like Yasu's my boyfriend. While here's Rayra with Yasu. Um, yeah, and the connection between Yasu and Nana and Yasu and Reira, um well, that connection being made here is significant because then we see uh, in the prior chapter, we saw Reira calls Yasu and Yasu comes r- rushing over and the panels of him like rushing to come see Reira uh, are are very similar to the ones we've seen in the past of him rushing to come see Nana, which we talked about the meaning of those before. Uh, so you're kind of thinking, oh, look, you know, Yasu's doing the same thing for Reira that he does for Nana. Well, what does that mean? Uh, but then that's dispelled pretty quickly, uh, I think, because Yasu says, I'm really sorry, but I have to get back to work soon. Um, and then leaves uh, Ray Ray. Yeah, but you can stay here as long as you want, basically, just to, like, be alone. Right. Uh, which is, like... And then we see... I mean, these are great... Uh, this is a great scene. Um, great panels of Yasu. Like, really agonizing over this. Um, but clearly feeling the need to uh, maintain that a boundary between himself and Ray Ray. Um, and like having a certain level of care, he's, he is willing or able to give. Um, but then we see that running out, um, or him like reaching that point. Uh, yeah. And I think that that makes us realize it again, like, oh no, actually, (laughs) uh, what he has with Nana is different. Um, and Rayra like doesn't, isn't going to get that from him. Um, yeah. So, uh, but uh, of course, like, you know, Yasu clearly feels extremely bad about it. Uh, we see that with the, the illustrations. Um, yeah. So that, um, I mean, there. we, we get, uh, also that Yasu learns about the marriage here. So he knows, um, as well. Uh, and then also it seems like. Because we, we know that he's going to go give the key to, to Takumi, and some of this is him specifically thinking of her saying, what am I worth if I quit singing? Um, and how, you know, with Takumi getting married, uh, she just doesn't feel like singing anymore. Yeah. Um, 
we will get later uh here it's it's less her doing a strike with her voice uh but i think it's important to note here um this idea of ray withholding her voice to essentially like do a strike against against trapness yeah and against talking because that will come up later yeah um the other thing i made a note and i i don't think we should talk about it especially in the interest of time. But maybe just a thing for us to keep in mind, listeners to keep in mind. This is the first time I've actually like really noticed this detail. Um, and I don't know what, if anything, it means. But uh, Shin has the unplugged version of Layla. Uh, and Yasu has the Derek and the Domino's version. So we have like two versions of the song Layla that could in some way relate to the different visions that like Yasu and Shin have of her. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. So, um, but I also feel like that's a, a thing that I would rather just keep in mind as we go yeah. and see if anything else comes up. It. We'll get around so. to that <laughs> when we yeah. have more time later. <laughs> um, let me see the first like real thing that I have a, a tag on is the conversation with, uh, Takami and Rara. Yeah. Um, uh, you mean talking me and Ren? Oh yeah, talking me and Ren. Yeah, yeah. This is an important moment. Yeah. Um. I mean, we get this like talking me really like going from very nice with um Mari like oh yeah you're new you know just take care of Rara to just immediately yelling at her like go drag her ass back here. Um, yeah. Reminiscent of which the scene the rape scene. Yeah. The sudden explosive anger. Um, and also I think emphasizing a way that he is becoming very agitated that Ren obviously notices, mm-hmm. um, you know, makes a comment about, um, Takumi drinking alcohol and he shouts like it's water. Um, yeah. Drowning your problems in alcohol, which yeah. from Ren, you know, <laughs> Ren, uh, like maybe real, talking more about yeah, himself. Yeah, real pot ca- calling the kettle black. Yeah. Um, or maybe just like talking more about himself and, uh, in a way. Yeah. Um, um, the exchange you mentioned earlier where Ren just immediately calls Takumi out for what's just happened. Um, Takumi said, I don't know what you're talking about. Ren's like, don't act like you don't know. And then Takumi is like, okay, fine. I do know. I've been ignoring it. <laughs> uh, and the thing that he knows is that Ray is in love with him. Um, and then they, they start discussing that um, Takumi, the presentation of Takumi here uh, is, I, I would say, important and tells us a lot about him. Uh, he seems genuine. This is definitely the least in control he seemed. Yeah. And genuinely, um, genuinely in distress uh, yeah. about this specific issue. Um, and then... We also see uh, the lack, his sense of lack of control, like his sense of distress, uh, being closely linked to frustration and anger, um, where he starts like yelling and lashing out uh, against Ren. Um, but important comment. Uh, well, I'll just I'll I'll read. Uh, Ren says, "Ignoring it makes things worse." If you get married, Rira might not want to sing anymore. Takumi then says, What? She won't sing just because I'm getting married? I don't love her like that. I can't help it. 
Uh, so we'll learn more um, about the nature of their relationship. Um, but yeah. this is an interesting comment from Takumi. Um, um, feel- there's also the part where he says, are you telling me to do it with Reira? She's like a little sister to me. There's no way, man. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Ren pointing out uh, this contradiction in Takumi, uh, which I think we could spend more time thinking about, but uh, I've never seen you stop at anything to get what you want uh, and so on and so forth. But basically pointing out the contradiction of Takumi being one, uh, you're you you don't stop at anything to get what you want. Um, what you want most of all is for like trap nest to be stable and Ray Ray to be stable. Um, and it should be a no brainer for you, like given who you are and, ha- and how you act that you would just like emotionlessly do whatever it takes uh, to do that. But here you are, like you're now doing other stuff <laughs> that seems to be driven by emotion. Um, and w- what's up with that? Uh, yeah. Why aren't you just like being the guy that I think you are? <laughs> uh, and just like handling this problem uh, without regard for, uh, you, you know, w- whatever feelings you have. Um, and uh, talking to me really can't answer this. Uh, and instead, like, flips it on Ren and is like, oh, okay. So now you're the ruthless. <laughs> uh, now you're the ruthless, like, ambitious guy. Um, and, uh, you know, don't criticize me when, uh, when you ditched, uh, you ditched your lady, your friends, your old band and your soul for success. I bought you out. Uh, you were just a punk through and through. Uh, you ruled the ruse just playing whatever you wanted in little dive bars and house parties. Uh, well, you're cool now in a mainstream way. And the the conversation is now like shifting to uh, from like anger to this kind of bemusement on both sides where they're like lighting each yeah. other's cigarettes. Um. I also wanted to highlight some of the, the like motivations here with Ren. Um, Cause obviously there's one where like uh, Ren caring for Nana, knowing like the importance of Hachi to Nana. Uh, we got him explicitly being like, you know, go and uh, like be with Hachi, right? Uh, be as affectionate with her as you want, those sorts of things. Um, and so there is this certain amount to which like, no, no, don't marry Hachi, marry Reira. That's a thing that might help out Nana. Uh, so there's a certain desire to help Nana here. Um, and that's also what Reira There's wants. also, yeah, there's also this, um, like, his selfish reasons, his relationship to Reira and her singing, him wanting to make music for Reira. Um, I think there's a way, and, you know, we don't get as much of Ren's interiority as some of the other characters that we've gotten. Uh, but I think there's a certain way that you can also read Ren as being like, um, in some ways I want Nana to find happiness with Hachi 
so that it can resolve. Like if she goes off and is with Hachi, then I have less of this conflict with the feelings that I have with Reira um, and playing for her singing and everything. Um, And so also do this thing that is going to make Reira happy is going to make her want to sing. Then I can continue to be a part of this band. Um, Cause I'm also invested you know, in this like Ray yeah. singing the trap nest complex in the same way that talk me is. Yeah. Um, and as we mentioned, uh, but just to highlight here, the, um, talk me saying before I knew it, I locked my dear little sister at the top of the tower where even I can't love her. It's the greatest sin of my life. She only knows how to sing. She's ignorant about everything else. Um, I can't do anything about it now. I wish there was a prince who'd climb that tower and hold her. Um, which of course there's the, is, is Shin the prince is maybe a, a question held in here. Um, yeah. And also all the complexities around that. For sure. Um, um, we'll have, I think we'll have chances to think more about Takumi, of course, and then we can yeah. bring that at this. And Rayra. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Shin. Um, but uh, suffice it to say, I think probably the most uh, the most introspection that we've seen from Takumi so far. Um, and then, of course, in this moment of introspection, we, we learn a lot about him. And also the most where he seems to actually own up to something that he like he, the way that he sort of was manipulating things and is now like has regrets about that. Yeah, that he can see himself oh. as having committed a sin. Uh, yeah, is uh, is a new revelation for sure. Um, and this like acknowledgement of the way that he is like purposefully kept Ray Ray in this childlike state. You know, she only knows how to sing. She's ignorant about everything else. Yeah, um, and and moreover, like the, this stuff about locking her at the top of the tower um, is. Yeah, it's it's recognizing a like highly complex uh web of like emotional interactions and their consequences. Um that like re- reveals a level of emotional understanding, <laughs> like uh emotional perception and awareness on Takami's part. Um, that sometimes we question because he doesn't, because of everything else he does. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not just like, oh yeah, I like did this. I said this one mean thing to Rayra one time, and and whatever. Like, no, this is a complex, <laughs> like emotional dynamic that he's recognizing here. Uh. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. Just more to your point. Um, to briefly, briefly touch on the conversation between Takmi uh, and Yasu here. Um, we do get the, uh, you know, Yasu saying this will make Reira hate me again. But to hear her say she's worthless uh, if she's not singing. I didn't break up with her to hear her say things like that. It's about time you did something about it. Um, and Takumi says, if you're so sure, why don't you do something about it? Being hated is my exclusive right. Um, so also this, like, again, this awareness he has about his, 
the way that he manipulates people and the way that um, he is okay with being hated um, yeah. as part of that. Yeah. Um, and then the Yasu's comment, I didn't break up with her to hear her th- say things like that. That's a very yeah. interesting comment. Um, and it seems to imply that Yasu broke up with Re- in Yasu's mind, he broke up with Reira, uh, with her interests in, at heart, like that he thought breaking up with her would produce a better outcome for her than staying with her. Um, yeah. And so like, I didn't break up with her to hear her say things like that. Like I broke up with her th- so that she would be like confident and happy uh, or, or whatever um, seems to be the, the implication. Uh, so yeah, maybe we just keep that in mind going forward. Yeah. Um, we're starting to get Mari as a character. We'll we'll have more to talk about with her as it goes on. Yeah. Um, she gets to be a little bit more of a character here. Um, but yeah, she shows up to, to pick up Rayra. Um, you know, we have Rayra saying, Takami abandoned me. He gave up on me. Um, and especially uh, seems sort of distraught that he, he changed plans so that she'll record later rather than right now. Um, and she, she does, you know, doesn't want the chance to sing to be taken away from her. So, yeah. Um, so she comes back and, and demands to, to sing after all. Um, yeah. yeah, there's, there's definitely nuances to, to this as well. Uh, I feel a little bit bad moving past it, but, uh, you know, it's still there. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we can always come back. Yeah. Um, and then we get the scene, uh, at the, the ramen shop where they're playing trap nest instead of Enka as they should, we should be playing some Enka. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with Nana. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we get this conversation with Nana and Nobu. Uh, we can maybe spend a little bit on this. Um, where, uh, one, we get like a certain amount of, um, them finally talking about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, her again, having admitted that she like, uh, went into a dissociative state and doesn't remember what happened. Um, Nobu calling Nana out for being absent, uh, throughout like the preceding volume, <laughs> uh, yeah. with vis-a-vis Hachi. Yeah. Um, if you're her friend, you should have gone to see her right away and just listened to her. And then um, that, that clearly landing for Nana. Yeah. And sort of saying also like, you know, she just lay there apologizing and crying and wouldn't tell me anything, but she probably would have talked to you since you're her best friend. Uh, um, then Nana revealing to Nobu that what she heard from Takumi, that they're getting, uh, Hachi and Takumi are getting married. Um, her being like, <laughs> you're freaking out. Uh, and this also being revealing in that Nobu is like 
Yeah, he's reacting to the news. Yeah, he's like briefly shocked, but she's the one who's freaking out yep. more still about this. Whereas, you know, he sort of has the shocked silence for a little bit, but then um, is like, no, yeah, just looking at Nana yesterday, I knew it was over. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, he seems to be a little bit more uh, resigned, at least, about this. Um and then we we get the you know uh like Nana trying to comfort Nobu <laughs> being like but projecting you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> here like in my arms let me let me hold you yeah um, she's like it's all right to cry Nobu is like what <laughs> yeah um in my <laughs> arms and then just like grabs him yeah uh, uh, yeah, don't feel bad. Uh, like, I also know that your heart's way bigger than mine. I hated everyone and everything till I met you. I didn't trust anyone. Just like fully, like all the, you're this important person to me. Um, the full outpouring, <laughs> like everything yeah. that has been like pent up and that she like refused to, that she had like refused to, um, admit to him just comes like bursting out now yeah and just again fully projecting like don't get twisted up just because this girl ditched you um and then in the the voiceover fully admitting my plan was to comfort him but it turned out uh the other way around yeah uh this is really like a really funny and beautiful scene i think Mm -hmm. uh but a moment of um I think like taking a step back and looking at it, uh, seems like an important moment for, uh, Nobu and Nana and then their relationship. Um, but also like Yazawa, I again, showing, um, the way that relationships, like the way that connections and relationships, like, can be healing um and the way that people like can come together um like even if you have a relationship that is uh ruptured or like distant in some way like it can be healed um so like i nobu and nana don't really it's not a ruptured relationship but it's a relationship where they're not like forthcoming about their emotions and they don't lean on each other for care. Uh, even though they both like deeply care for one another, uh, that like the feelings of care are submerged because like their dynamic is not one of like vulnerability. Um, and especially like Nana is like not, real like open to that <laughs> up until now um and so like the tone of the relationship has been set that that's just not like something that they really do um but like through nobu's action in the prior chapter where he like calls nana um in her moment of need and like reaches out to her uh, and then now Nana is like reciprocating that. Um, and like 
yeah, she thinks it's like Dobu's moment of need and it kind of is, but it really is like hers. Um, yeah. There's like a shifting that's happening and I think it's a really like um, poignant uh, portrayal of this relationship by um, Yuzawa Ai showing like how like when how when people drop their walls <laughs> uh, like it allows people to care for each other. Um, and that's something that can yeah. happen even when like a relationship, like it hasn't happened before or the relationship, like that hasn't been like a space in the relationship previously, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a really good scene. Um, uh, we obviously get the weekly search sort of planning to set up this battle of the bands. Um, you know, Karada, the, the photographer who will be, uh, I would say probably the most important of the, the paparazzi to like, you know, pay attention to. Um, yeah, but, uh, is tasked with getting a photo of Nana and Ren together. Um, and then uh we get this sort of um outro voiceover um where it I sort of referenced it in the synopsis, but uh hey Hachi, I was hostile towards Trapnist because I was jealous of Rayra who stole Ren's heart, not romantically, but as a lead singer. And we get this over Rayra singing, um, you know, it's so beautiful, this will sell way more than a million. Um uh I just wanted to be as big as Ren. I never meant to make them my enemy. Um, and we also then in this get Ren making the comment of, uh, at least let me back her up with guitar since I can't hug her, um, about Rayra. Um, so again, just like emphasizing the, the whole situation with Trapnist and Ren and Rayra here. Um, and then we get the, but since the day you were taken away, I was determined to crush them. I was going to steal you back at any cost. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing I'll say about this, I think I intended to say it last discussion, and then if I did, sorry, it's redundant, but um, there's a tragic element to um, well, let me back, let me back up. The tragic element of Nana's character that we've been discussing, where like her pride, um, you know, causes her to, to do these self-destructive things. Uh, there's that same tragic element to like her view of Trap Nest, um, because her pride and then like all of these things tied in with that leads her into this like toxic, uh, this like toxic attitude towards trap nest, the entity um, that is it's this rivalry. Um, and so she has all of this hostility for trap nest, but the tragic aspect of it is trap nest is just people. <laughs> and in fact, like it happens to be a bunch of people that she is like very close to uh, in different ways. And so like, all of this negative emotion and animosity that she has for Trapnest 
is just like her like self-sabotaging these relationships that are like important for her uh and the whole thing with the paparazzi being introduced here as like this other entity that is invested in this rivalry uh to me i think it just underscores like that the rivalry is something destructive um yeah because we're we're getting this sign now like oh this other entity that's invested in this rivalry is like the reason they're invested in it is because it's like a destructive force um or they're like for these destructive reasons which is yeah you know they they want this story and they don't care about the consequences um so just one note from me there on that and i i think this also ties into and we we can talk about like in more but we get this idea of um nana being the manga heroine who will like um you know win hachi and like inspire her and everything um there's this way that like nana continues to figure the way i'm going to fix this becomes intertwined with this like dream i have of making it big um and this like idealized sense of like the person that i could be um whereas what we know is that like and and people say to to nana multiple times um and, you know, we'll get to the end of chapter 32, where I think the first time somebody says it, that it, like, really connects with Nana, or where she's, like, finally able to admit it. Like, Hachi doesn't need a, a hero in this moment so much as just a human being who's going to, like, come and talk to her and be her friend. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but she's operating this mode where, in a, in a way, like... Um, Takumi has become the human and Nana has become the celebrity. There's been like a switch that's happened. Yeah. So, um, and that, that switch will persist to some extent. Yeah. Um, in, in chapter 31. Which, yeah. And I mean, well, in, in, yeah, in going future volumes as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, the, the start here of uh chapter 31 yeah i see we don't have a lot of notes so maybe maybe we can be quicker with this <laughs> maybe <laughs> not kind of weird. um i don't have too many flags here okay um but we'll, we'll start on the first page because you know we love to cover the first and uh final pages um i never should have gotten a cell phone i know i'm the only one uh or i know i'm the one who's staying out and not telling hachi but she won't even email me she's just getting uh more and more self-centered and it's annoying me i don't want to communicate through some stupid machine it only tests the strength of people's bonds um and then we we get her checking the no new messages um you know we learn it's been nine days and it's uh, now the day before 9 11 yeah, it is the day before 9-11. Uh, and, you know, she thinks the longer you stay away, the harder it is to go back. Um, a friend of the show, Crystal, was reading through Nana uh, and tweeted, I just read the chapter of Nana that takes place on 9-11. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you know us. Yeah. We always want to, whenever there's a good 9-11 joke, we always got to throw it in. Yeah, 9-11 blaze it, right? <laughs> damn right this is deep 
this is deep ghost divers lore but yeah damn right yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Jesus, anyway. 9-11 please it oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who proposed this yeah but when you like when you use those specific words to like create the slogan it's oh god worse. i didn't think about it yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah um jesus anyway somewhere somewhere in between this page where she checks her phone um and then the next page where she leaves she must have the the dissociative thing where she uh destroys the phone mm, yeah um and later on she will not know what happened to the phone so um like i think she makes some comment of like not knowing where she put her phone yeah um so um yeah uh, uh, I'm moving along through this conversation with Mari and talking to me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, one, one note here, uh, we get the, I can't imagine that self-centered dude contacting her much, uh, but I can't feel sorry for her. She made her bed. She can lie in it. And we get the, she made her bed. She can lie in it with Rara laying in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we then learn that, uh, Hachi's been texting Takumi a bunch. Uh, we get the thing about socks, right? I think that's in here. Mm-hmm. Um, that she's like knitting socks. Um, and Takumi is al- also has this like statement of, um, you know, why do girls hold back on talking about the important things, waiting for the right time, but then constantly gab about stuff that doesn't matter? <laughs> um, yeah. And then is uh, she's like, oh, could you just please reply to her? And he's like, oh, I do. Knit some for me, too. Um, but what if she really knits them and they look just like the babies? How embarrassing. Uh, yeah, this is like... <laughs> The, I thought this was funny um, in yeah. the way of like oh the tough dude can't wear the like cute thing that his wife knitted you know this classic like dynamic yeah. uh, but then like yeah. you know it's funny but then uh, we get a just total twist of the knife uh, where <laughs> uh, Yuzawa I reintroduces nana's perspective um saying i was hoping that hachi would get really lonely and miss me um so quickly like recontextualizing this um and then making it really really brutal again yeah um we also get like this footage um that uh karate got um where there's this thing about like rabbits that were killed um which whenever i read this part just reminds me of um the like two short films that um started the the grudge series the like juon series um the first one was katasumi where uh there's like this stuff with the rabbit cages that end up being empty with like blood and fur and everything um so I just think about it every time. <laughs> uh, um, obviously, this is a different tone. It's not a uh, uh, like vengeful ghost of, um, you know, this like horrible familial trauma inflicted upon a woman, and she becomes a, a 
ghost who haunts people uh, and kills people. Um, but I mean, I guess there is a certain familial trauma here. There might be, but I don't yeah. know if uh, I don't know if we believe if that Nana, Nana is a vengeful ghost. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we believe that <laughs> Nana killed the rabbits. Yeah. Do Do we get more about the rabbits later? I think so. I think a little bit more of this comes up. Uh, I thought so. I just can't remember what it is. But yeah, I don't think we think that Nana killed the rabbits. Yeah. Um, but I can believe that she beat up the senior who harassed her. Yeah. Um, um. And then I guess, you know, not Nana's violence is, is what's being figured here. Um, but either both her real violence and then also like assumed violence extra trumped up. Yeah. Yeah. Or projected onto her, uh, Uh, for other reasons. And of course we get like them practicing and in some ways, Nana's still confirming it when she like kicks the mic stand at the end. Um, which some of this is probably just like her anger about the whole situation coming out. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was reading this, I was like, when she kicks the mic stand and she's like, how do you like the new song? Uh, I was making myself laugh by pretending that the song that they just finished playing is, was a cover of carry on my wayward son. (laughs) 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 Um, not a punk rock cover of Layla. Uh, that would probably be more likely, but yeah yeah no uh i'm really gonna try to avoid doing the intro or outro music for this episode being layla by eric clapton because i just don't like the song that much yeah (laughs) um i'd rather do if there was like a good japanese punk cover of layla i would do it but uh i've not found one so yeah well the the listeners will will shortly hear what you what you landed on yeah um if we skip ahead to one of the flags uh, that I have, it's the conversation here with Yasu and um, Kawana. Yep. And we, I think we synopsized this in good detail uh, already in the, yeah. the actual synopsis. Um, we do, I, I will add in, uh, have Yasu sort of thinking about Reira saying, what am I worth if I quit singing? Um and we sort of learn here that uh, I think this is where we learn that, that Yasu is sort of interested in launching. Um, where did that come up before? Uh, that in, was like, before. Launching That's not mentioned here, but okay. But he's yeah. that we learned that uh, last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think also sort of interrelated here uh, with like Yasu's feelings. Yeah. Uh, Especially because right after he thinks about what am I worth if I quit singing, um, it's sort of after this comment about Rayra and the the diva boom. Um, but then, but Nana is definitely a fascinating singer in her own right. I'm not giving up on you guys yet, Yasu. Yeah. Well, and then also the question of value, uh, the value being related to music. Um, so Rayra, yeah, is thinking of it one way. What am What am I worth if I quit singing? Um, because she has this, her identity is wrapped up in her singing. 
Um, but then literally, what am I worth <laughs> if I quit singing? Um, and the, uh, the troubling intersection of, um, the economics in music, uh, that has been emerging for, uh, a couple volumes now and is now like <clears throat> really exerting a force over their lives. Um, but Yasu like wanting to shield Nana and Shin from this, uh, even though he, he, we, as we've seen, he really can't, uh, cause Shin yeah. already knows about this. Um, do you want to get a little bit more into the, the fight between, uh, Shin and Nana? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that comes um, pretty much immediately after. Yeah. Um, so some of this is, uh, you know, Shin has this acoustic guitar. Um, you're like, where did you get that from? Some lady buy it for you. Um, and Shin's like, no, I bought it with, with my own money. Um, and Nana pointing out, you know, where'd you get that money from? Same difference. Um, and, uh, a lot of this too is like her being upset about Shin, sort of uh having this attitude of like what's the point of trying um, yeah because shin and nobu are both like oh th- they're aware of the prospects for the band like being diminished now yeah. uh for like commercial reasons and so like we already saw that shin was like alienated by that um and here we have Nobu being like, the economy sucks. I feel like I've been laid off. Um, yeah. And then Shin saying, you need Hachi to cheer you up, which <laughs> that's true. Because uh, part of what's happening in this conversation is showing like, by her absence, what like Hachi w- does uh, or like, what she was doing for this group of people as like a friend and as a positive force. Um, but then also Shin, like <laughs> this is the worst possible time for him to say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. So yeah, the stress about like the economics of the band that Yasu has not been able to shelter them from. Um, then like bleeds in here as well as like the stress over Hachi and what's going on with her. Yeah. Um, also this way that we see, we saw before that like Ren, you wouldn't talk about, like you don't talk about Ren Shin said, uh, and like Hachi gets treated the same way now. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, then also in the economics, we get the, the thing of, you know, where are people getting the money for, you know, uh, Ren's giving you the, the like money for the guitar, like buying you the, the new guitar that you have, like you're getting your outfits from Ren and Misato. Like how else would you afford Vivian Westwood? Those sorts of things. Um, so yeah, the economics becoming a part of the tension here as well. Um, yeah. And then Shin poking at Nana's anxiety, 
about her like identification with Ren. Um and kind of like insinuating and not only are you just like, you know, derivative uh <laughs> uh from Ren in these various ways, but also like you are like taking advantage you're essentially like le- a leech um like taking advantage of him um not only getting all of your outfits and and like your guitar and whatever um but you're just like taking these things from him and not like uh giving anything in return unlike me who <laughs> uh at least i provide services um which this is just like the the most extreme uh like anxiety uh this is like the the worst version of nana's own anxiety uh about her relationship with ren yeah um and then uh we get Nana like taking off the clothing that she got from Ren, uh, and you know, uh, is it so bad I can't accept his kindness? Uh, you know, question mark. Like, <laughs> I'm not even allowed to do that. Um, and Nobu's saying like, I think that you should depend on Ren more. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then of course Ren calls. Um, Uh, uh yeah, Nana potentially going into another like episode here mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um and then we also sort of get this uh like she seems to be despondent in bed, um and Nobu's like sort of trying to wake her up, and then she kind of goes into this mode of like uh, shut up if you're a man get into bed let's let me see how good you are um which again there's like this way that she jokes around it i think some of it is like playing off what just happened as well um we got her admitting to nobu but then uh in the conversation previously kind of trying to uh like nobu saying hey you should go see a doctor about this or something um and Nana being like, ah, I never should have told you about it. I'm fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's a, a way that like this response, she's also um, deflecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then she she becomes worried that since Ren's coming to pick her up, uh, the paparazzi will get the photo, and so she decides to to leave on her own. Um. And, and then yeah, saying uh, like Ren only thinks about himself. I don't want attention from Ren's leftovers. Just like in this uh really um I don't know if irrational is quite the right word, but like the very distressed like state of mind. Yeah. Um and the pride comes up again. Uh Nana is your pride that important. You and Ren need each other. You're the only one, uh, or you, you're the one who's only thinking about yourself. Um, 
and then we get the her her voice over here like the moon that's not quite full even when i'm with ren i feel like that no matter how much we love each other i don't think anyone can fulfill me but when i'm on stage i feel complete i've got to protect my dream at any cost no matter what the price so also this at any cost tying to again um yeah defeating trapness is it more about protecting your dream um yeah. Or is she like conflating the idea of getting Hachi back with uh, this idea she has of the dream that she's trying to protect? Yeah. And then in that context, like getting Hachi back being a thing that she can do once she's like powerful and in control and like self-sufficient or whatever, because she's, you know, her dream is this, you know, she's a famous singer in her own right. She's wealthy um she has all of this self-sufficiency and power um and then you know oh and and then she can get hachi back when she has those things um again kind of like you pointed out earlier um might might be the wrong idea about what is really needed um oh we get the note here where she's wondering where her cell phone is so again Seemingly, she didn't remember um, destroying it. Um, and then uh, when she discovers the empty room, uh, hey, Hachi, back then when you kept losing yourself in love, <clears throat> maybe we weren't so different, struggling, struggling with desires that couldn't be fulfilled. If that was the case, now I can understand some of your feelings that I just couldn't back then. Is your new life that you protected at all costs still fulfilling you now? And of course, we know, having seen the future, that uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. She wants not a bag. Um, but yeah. Uh, should we go to the next chapter? Do you want to say anything about this? No, yeah, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Um... All right, final chapter, and then we'll also have Naoki. <laughs> um, we we do get this brief. We sort of uh, the the chapter reminds us where we left off, so that it can then not give it like the continuation <laughs> of that for a while. Yeah. Uh, but we we get the when I saw your empty room, it felt like I had wandered into a world where only I existed and got lost all alone. Um, so similar to again, the glasses, the comment there. Yeah. About losing everything and uh, being alone. Yeah. Um, but also this, I think here we have these moments where, uh, you know, smaller neglect, like panic attacks, dissociation moments are happening. Um, one might also be happening here in like this description. Mm-hmm. Um Then, uh, do you want to talk too much about the conversation with, um, like Junko and, uh, Kyosuke and Shoji? Uh, I didn't really have any notes on it. Um, yeah. Shoji cut his hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Still kind of long, but not as long. Yeah, and then 
like we mentioned, they figure out that it's talking to me from Trap Nest. Uh, we then see the new apartment. Um, there's a lot of discussion around the apartment, the uh, the apartment and the security system and all of that. Uh, my note was Hachi and Takumi's apartment, like a castle or a prison. <laughs> uh, and then the um, the valence of that being able to uh, to switch easily uh, seems yeah, to be operative here. You know, going up the elevator, um, there is this way where we, we got this comment about the princess locked in the tower. Um, and here, you know, one, uh, Hachi happy to get Nana to move out quickly. Um, you know, we get her like seeing the, the, uh, what, what million yen mm-hmm. apartment first, but then she chooses a, a cheaper one so that more money can go towards like the babies um you know i forget if it's like college fund or whatever just all uh, of the baby expenses presumably yeah baby expenses in general uh let me tell you babies are expensive <laughs> um kids are expensive um but yeah especially this like sort of high security like very fancy building um after the comments about Rera gives a certain sense of is he locking Hachi away in a tower, but one where he can then touch her? Yeah. You know, further reinforced um, by uh, Naoki saying it's like a castle. Yeah. So we specifically get it called a castle. Yeah. Um, and also Naoki as like a, a, you know, humorous anime prince uh, prancing around with the, the crown on as well. So also evoking that, like, you know, the the prince that could cry, climb the tower and, like, get Rayra. Yeah, maybe even uh, a, yeah, a direct reference to that. Yeah. Um, the number here, 302, not nearly as satisfying as 707. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, in every way, just thoroughly dissatisfying. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, let me see. I mean, there, there's some... Uh, you can do the numerology of 302, 3 becoming 2. So Takumi, Nana, and Hachi yeah. then becoming just Takumi and Hachi. And that that's what this apartment represents. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the way that the, the apartment number here does not in any way contain any of Hachi's numbers. Mm, um, yeah. You know, not seven or eight. Um, and yeah, the we also get that um, Hachi moved all of her stuff to the baby room. Um, or not like the main baby room, but like eventually the baby will have this room. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, Hachi uh, investing... I think one of, one of the things we see is um, Hachi investing her like care and emotional energy right away in Takumi and the baby. Yeah. And also in, in cooking, this like growing idea of cooking. Yeah. And that, of oh. course, being 
um, one of like the ways that she cares for people and communicates her affection and all of that. And something that she used to do for Nana and Blast. Um, yeah. And, and her, the fact that she makes like way too big and lavish of a meal here, like way too many dishes, uh, also like indicative of the way that she's still kind of doing the thing that she did for Blast. Like, let's do this big after party. I'm going to make a, a bunch of food for everyone. Um, yeah. And here she has to like, you know, it's, it's the wifely making a meal. Yeah, <laughs> she's actually supposed to be doing, um, but still, so this, the like, fact that she makes this lavish like suggests the way that it's still in some ways tied to the original reason, um, and she's learning to like shift it over. Yeah, and and but still, like in in any case, this like outpouring of uh, you know nourishment and nurturing. That is represented by the food. Um, yeah. But that we know about Hachi, like one of her key traits is that she has this outpouring of like uh, nurturing and care. Um, and so she's like, you know, shifting it over. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, early signs, <laughs> uh, not good with talk to me well of course yeah we've gotten some very very bad early signs already <laughs> yeah some real red flags yeah uh but uh this scene specifically around the food i mean um yeah where naoki is like praising her and recognizing uh how great it is but also just like her effort and um and her care that went into it uh and talking to me being like dismissive right away, uh, like yeah. whatever. That's not why I'm marrying her. Otherwise, yeah, the rumor is true. She's a great cook. Of course, you want to marry her. Um, whatever. That's not why I'm marrying her. Um, and then that conversation being kind of a cipher, given what we just talked about. Um, you know, her cooking being representative of this love that she has. That really is that is who she is. Um, yeah. So in a way now he's saying, wow, look, like, look at the like love that this person is capable of <laughs> and how much she cares for people. Uh, of course you want to marry her. And then talking to me being like, whatever, that's not why I'm marrying her. Uh, and then we see in the, the next panel, like Nana's reaction that seems a little bit pained yeah. or sad about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then now he's, you know, again, going into this praising, um, so yeah uh but also her being more excited to show off here's the room of the stuff that i had with nana than the the rest of the interior decoration where she's like oh you know it's this interior decorator did it and yeah it's not really what i wanted um but here this room this is what i wanted. this is yeah this is my vision <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah uh then the joke about the baby uh being a a boy um assuming the baby's going to be a girl we'll get the we'll get the punchline of this later yeah much <laughs> with, later with ren being born yeah. yeah the baby ren yeah um let's see but, uh 
so Naoki yeah. leaves. Uh, Takumi and Hachi take a bath together. So now Takumi has usurped this uh, element of Hachi and Nana's relationship. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe that's extreme to say, because it's not really... It's more of a Nana and Ren thing. But Hachi and Nana do have the bath together. Isn't that significant? Um, Yeah. We can maybe just say, like, this this key marker of affection in the manga, uh, now it's Hachi sharing it with Takumi and not Nana. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, uh, bit in here. Um, I don't remember if it's in the middle of this or, um, after where there, there's this comment of like, um, Hachi basically saying, Hey, like I, I liked when we took a bath together. Um, and it basically saying like, I enjoyed the way that we were able to like communicate and like talk a little bit more intimately. Um, but talking to me is immediately like, Oh, you like doing it in confined spaces. Like. Uh, you gotta, you gotta tell me these things. Oh yeah, here yeah. it is. Uh, it's nice taking baths together. We can catch up on things and communicate. Let's do that again, okay? And Takami says, you like doing it in tight spaces? You have to tell me important things like that, alright? And Hachi just having this reaction of like, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> um, I, I noted this specifically as like, um, you know, part of the, the tension when like, uh, Nana and Hachi bathe together is the fact that, like, for Nana, Nana in particular, that is such a sexual thing, whereas for Hachi, it's less about that and more about, like, the intimacy in this, like, communication way. That's what she wants when she, like, gets in the bathtub with Nana. Yeah. Um, which, uh, when I then was reading through, you know, Google Translate stuff of the Nana 7.8, um, also gets pointed out that uh, this is how Hachi. This is what Hachi likes about baths. Mm. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, also interesting. You know, they're getting married, and now there's the the finally talking about like, um, you know, how many siblings do you have? Um, all of that. Yeah, highlighting how little they they actually know about each other um and how they're really not (laughs) uh they don't have that level of closeness um even though hachi is trying to like facilitate it um it's kind of like reminding us that uh it's it's not there in spite of like how quickly everything has moved along. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like a <laughs> eye-opening reminder of like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> They've only known each other for whatever, a few weeks uh, or however long it's been at this point. Maybe uh, a couple months at, um, I'm sure there's a, we, we could track the exact um, time frame. Yeah. Um 
We also get like immediately the the two of them keeping secrets in their own way. Um, we obviously see the aside to Rayra getting the the text from Naoki about the lowdown on Takumi and Hachiko's pad, which uh, Rayra is upset about. Uh, but then, like Rayra in bed, we have the panel like overlaying it of um, Takumi standing out on the the like you know veranda upper or whatever yeah veranda uh smoking um which seemingly in his thoughts yeah which tells us that he's probably seems to tell us he's that he's thinking about rira yeah and especially because he also refers to uh you know the baby as i don't want the princess in your tummy to hate me which princess being a term also used for for rira yeah um you know further strengthening that that association um, of what he might be thinking about. Uh, but then, you know, Hachi gets the phone call from Shin, um, and, uh, you know, Shin pieces together what happened, uh, but is also, like, genuinely trying to reach out to Hachi in a way that people in Blast have not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and even saying, like, let's do fireworks again sometime. Um, so this idea of returning to that moment of the fireworks, which again, uh, that's when, when Nana looked at Hachi and thought like, I feel like a teenage boy falling in love again. I think the idea of like returning to the moment of the fireworks that will come up, um, we can link to this idea of returning to the possibility of like that romantic relationship. Um, but, uh, Hachi hides this from Takumi as well, that it was Shin and just, you know, had, had said, Oh, you know, Junko, she's like a, uh, you know, more like a mom to me than my real mom. <laughs> she's my mom friend. Um, <laughs> and so then says, I'm sorry, June, good night on the phone, which, uh, Shin obviously is like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but then he, he pieces it together quickly. Yeah. Um, and when Takumi asks what happened, did June give you another lecture? Hachi says, I just got a little homesick. Um, uh, what's interesting is this chain of thoughts that, that Shin has. Um, going back a couple of pages. Because uh, yeah. this is like a complex uh, chain of, of thoughts that seems to evolve in his mind. Uh so he has the the weird ending of the conversation with Nana or Hachi, sorry. Uh remembers Nana's comment, don't ever mention that name again. Uh and then says, So that's what happened. Uh starts thinking about Hachi calling herself a traitor, saying, I can't hang out with you guys any uh anymore. Then moves to Reira. Uh I I don't really believe in fate. Uh and then uh, goes to the other conversation with Reira where she's saying, I'm sorry, can you give me Yasu's cell phone number? Uh, so this is kind of like... I it, Then thinks of Yasu saying Reira was in love with Takumi. Yep. <laughs> uh, so then connecting, oh, okay, well, if Reira was in love with Takumi, uh, and now Hachi is with Takumi, then Reira must be really hurting. Uh, we have the images um, 
similar to the panel with Takumi that we just talked about a few pages ago. Shin standing there deep in thought. Uh, Reira, like, on her bed alone, crying. Uh, and then Takumi and Hachi together. Um, <laughs> then Shin remembering, uh, Yasu saying, I wasn't there for her, meaning Reira, when she needed me. Uh, and, uh, Shin saying, uh, Yasu, you could be there for her now. I believe it's Shin who says this in that conversation. Um, but realizing that, no, Yasu's not the one who needs to be there for her now. I am. Yeah. Um, I have my hands full taking care of you guys being potentially like, this is Yasu's response to me. If I said you could be there for her now. Yeah. But then Shin realizing, oh no, I'm, I'm the one who can and should like go take care of Reira. Um, yeah. Uh, and then goes to, to Nobu's, uh, meets Ren um makes up with nobu we we get some comment before this as well from ren uh there's like a uh just underlying never really fully developed possibility here that ren is by um but uh becomes becomes this recurring thing of him being like oh shin's cute um you know you you never want a piece of that nobu <laughs> <laughs> um and this will like become recurring between uh ren and shin um but uh yeah there was some other thing earlier where ren made some comment um about like takumi or someone else (laughs) as well i i Um, yeah i think you're right i vaguely remember that um but yeah then we can we can wrap this up on the i mean we still have to do the naoki bonus chapter but um on the actual letter here. Um, uh, and we, so I think this is Nana's voiceover. Um, I've had enough. Why do people keep seeking companionship when they know they'll just have to feel like this again? Um, and then the letter, uh, dear Nana, I'm sorry for being so self-centered. I don't think you'll ever forgive me, Nana, but I will always, always remember the half year I lived with you. I feel really lonely not being able to see you anymore, but I don't know what to do. So I hope you make your major label debut soon and appear on TV a lot so I can see you singing. No matter who I'm in love with, you're my only hero, Nana. No one else is as cool as you. Up till now and from now on too. September 7th, 2001. Um, P.S. I will pay the my... My half of the rent until you find a new roommate. I'll lock the door when I leave and make sure to get the key to Ren. Um, so. Uh, one thing with this letter. Um, and we can then talk about Ren's response to it. Uh, but this sort of supports this idea of Nana become the the manga heroine who like you know will will achieve your dream and in achieving your dream i will get to see you singing um and that's that's what i want right yeah um but that also uh that also contains a certain vision of their relationship 
where they're like separate. Yeah. Uh, and then it's um, like the celebrity fan relationship. It's not what they had before where it's not like a, a yeah. continue, uh, a deeper version of what they had before. Um, it's, it's not seemingly what Nana was wanting when talking with Ren earlier. Yes. You know, after the fireworks. Um, and so Ren reading this says, you know, Nana, why are you so upset? This isn't a kiss off letter. It's more like a love letter. You should go see Hachiko. Um, and then, you know, don't, don't you want to see her jump of, for joy? Yeah. Uh, and Nana's reaction of why do I have to be the one to seek her out? It's not fair. Um, and then Ren saying, that's what a hero does, Nana, which is recontextualizing this idea. Becoming the hero is not taking the stage and like maintaining that celebrity fan relationship. The hero is the person who like, despite your own trauma about being neglected, will reach out to somebody else. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, and like be the human and friend that they need. Um, Big moment of Ren is right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when we did the New Year's special, um, I gave a whole analysis of Hachi as uh, w- one of the, I mean, obviously one of the heroes of the manga, but that her, her, her heroic trait is that is precisely that, um, that she has this capacity to love multiple people um and like this willingness uh like a continual willingness to do this exact thing um and that like yazawa i in the manga marks this specifically as like a, a heroic treat um and this is a moment where it does that <laughs> uh and I think it ties into um, the larger vision about like relationships and how they work, how people care for each other. Um, all of these like major, major uh, concerns of, of the manga. Um, this is a key piece of like how the manga understands all of these issues. Um. And then we get the the outro Shin showing up as the the Nagashi the the traveling uh, musician, which Raira misunderstands as you know, uh, I'm An Nagashi. Alias. That's my name. Yeah, my alias. Um, and uh, you know, obviously starts singing unplugged version of Eric Clapton's Layla. Uh, <laughs> just want to emphasize the version. Um, and then the the voiceover here from from Nana, which is sort of recontextualizing. I think the I've had enough. Why do people keep seeking companionship when they know they'll just have to feel like this again? Is more from the moment of her reading um, Hachi's letter. Um, but then this one from the future says, "Hey Hachi, no matter how much or how often people hurt each other, loving someone is never a waste. I shall." Uh, I still cherish and keep that love letter you left for me. Um, yeah. So kind of a, a delayed, but a delayed completion of the train of thought that completely, yeah. Uh, that completely shifts the conclusions. Um, 
and of course of course overlaying over um shin and and reira here having the no matter how much or how often people hurt each other loving someone is never a waste yeah um and val in a moment of validation for them where shin like in spite of all the in spite of all the the hurt that they've caused for each other uh showing up like in in the moment where Rayra, when Rayra needs him um to yeah. like care for her uh, so so that's the the end of the chapters uh <laughs> um, it's now 50 pages of naoki yeah um also we generally have not talked about the junko's place uh we get a longer one here in part because uh we're starting to get a bunch of stuff is happening uh like merchandise uh related i think we're gonna get the announcement of the the like live action soon in like maybe next volume or something um We've got this punk night from Nana, which is the only one that I hadn't been able to find online, like digitally. Uh, so I did order a copy. Um, I might actually go in and edit the episode where I put uh, 17 by um, Sex Pistols, the Sex Pistols uh, at the start to do whatever this cover is of 17. <laughs> um, just to like put that out there because ap- apparently impossible to find. Um Unless you just buy the CD. So I'm, I'm doing that. It just hasn't arrived yet. Because um, it's it's coming from Japan. Um, nice. But I don't know if we want to say anything about uh, George from Paracus coming in here. Um, and giving his own take on, like, you know, being a hero versus... what uh, Specifically talking to, to Shoji about, you know, choosing not to be a main character... And instead, choosing love. Um, yeah, not really. But, yeah, <laughs> all right. That in and of itself suggests a little bit that uh, George is not nearly as good as any of the Nana characters. So, yeah, specifically saying this to annoy you, M. Hi, M. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> if we had more time, <laughs> we can move on to Naoki. Yeah, if yeah. we had more time, maybe. But uh, yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, do do we want to? Where do we want to start with with Naoki here? Uh, um, let's let's do the let's do the highlights. So okay, we get baby Takumi, <laughs> baby, baby Naoki. Yeah. Uh, we learn uh, that uh, one of the first things we learn about Takumi is that when he snapped, he whipped out the bat and got crazy. Uh, yeah. so uh, also back in junior high, everyone obeyed Takumi. Well, that hasn't changed much. Um, we see him coercing uh, Naoki into his club with the bat, uh, basically forcing him into the um, into the pop music club that he's starting at, as part of his master plan that will eventually become Trap Nest. Um, yeah. So, uh, Takumi, uh, we learn that he was violent. When he was younger, we learned that he had manipulative tendencies um, and that he's inclined to uh, use other people in order to 
to get what he wants. Um, yeah. And we actually don't get enough. There's, there's a whole other bonus chapter with talking to me um, where we'll learn more about him and, and what's going on. But yeah, we also get more details in here that, that came up previously about like Takumi's father being an alcoholic and his mother dying um, when he was young. Um, uh, another highlight here is Yasu being a little lawyer uh, going <laughs> to the principal who is drawn a lot like some of the other characters, <laughs> uh, some of the other side characters that have shown up. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, doing this like, well, you know, the this like music club, maybe not the the thing that you'd really want, like this like band club, but someone like uh, Takumi, you know, he has all this excess energy to blow off. Um, this would help him release that energy, and you could have it him sign an agreement that if he breaks another window, you'll disband the club. Um, you get leverage on it now. Like, oh, great idea. Yeah. Yeah, so um, background on Yasu. The revelation yeah. of Yasu and Ren's childhood relationship. Um, um, the introduction here, now Kay d- says as well, of, um, you know, Yasu is like a Uraban, a gang leader who works behind the scenes or undercover. Um, so we've gotten this a bit with Yasu, that he is also kind of uh, manipulative or has his own things going on in the back. Um, but, you know, as we learn with the relationship with Ren and Yasu, um, they were at the same orphanage and Yasu was adopted and like, seems to have some sort of survivor's guilt around this. Yeah. Um, we get the moment, uh, of Yasu deciding to, um, number one, start playing drums and number two, uh, start being in a band with Ren. Uh, it seems like this is really the same decision um, and happens like in the same moment. Um, this is a really great moment <laughs> in the manga. Uh, we'll have occasion to, to talk more about Yasu's feelings and motivations, um, especially, you know, the, how it relates to his childhood um, but, uh, we have another one of these, like, fairly subtle, uh, trains of thought, um, where we get the revelation that Yasu, about the orphanage, Yasu and Ren, um, we learn that Yasu is well off, uh, that the uh, the family that adopted him is well off and he doesn't need or want anything. So they're like, Oh, you know, what do you want for Christmas or, or whatever? And he's like <clears throat> struggling with that. It ties into a survivor's guilt. Cause now he doesn't want for anything, but Ren uh, is like working at a ramen shop and can't buy stuff and isn't taken care of. Um, so, He's having all of these feelings, um, listening to punk music, presumably because of Ren. <laughs> uh, he's listening yeah. to the Sex Pistols. Um, we know Ren is into the Sex Pistols, so we can assume that that's where he 
uh, Yasu got the CD. Um, and then as he's thinking about like, oh, get Ren a base instead of getting me something. Well, Ren already refused that offer from Yasu's parents. Um, and so Yasu's like thinking about uh, how to solve all these problems together. And then remembers Ren saying, oh, it's so boring. No one wants to do a punk rock band. Uh, and then we see the drum set <laughs> in the very next page. Uh, yeah. All of that seemingly tell, tells us that Yasu chooses to play drums for Ren. Yeah. Uh, as like this gift that he can give Ren. Um, to help Ren, like, you know, be happy and do this thing that he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, which, um, which is a powerful, a uh, very powerful revelation um, for the character here. Yeah. I wanted to know a few uh, music things that come up here as well as like, you know, our hints at influences with characters um, and perhaps like their attitudes, at least when they were younger about music. Um so we have Ren saying, I joined the pop music club like you told me to. It's so boring. Everyone just plays the top 40. No one wants to do a punk rock band. So this is this confirmation of at least at one time, Ren did care about doing punk and not what sells. Um, yep. We obviously got get Yasu listening to Sex Pistols, but seeming to, to be choosing this out of an affection for Ren, a desire to... Like, give this gift to Ren, as we talked about. Um, now, Key, we get being the one who's into glam rock. Uh, T-Rex, Roxy Music, Lou Reed, and David Bowie. Um, we got a you know, Mick Ronson album saying, in here, too. Just, that's a deep yeah. glam rock reach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're a glam rocker, is what Takumi says. But this obviously pointing towards the kind of fusions of things that go into what Visual K is. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a glam rock aspect with Visual <laughs> K. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and now keep being the one who's like in it for like the, the glam aspect makes sense, you know? For sure. Um, and then one that's sort of, uh, I think easy to miss. Uh, we have Takumi and Reira walking. And Reira says, he's cool. And Takumi says, you think, but I'm way cooler. Um, and we see that Reira is reading an article about Kurt Cobain. Um, so this idea of Reira, you know, Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, this like grunge band um, that sort of blows up and becomes mainstream. But then there's this like a lot of conflict about what that means. Uh, being something that Reira is interested in. Yeah. <laughs> um, is maybe telling of her future. Um. Yeah, and then do we ever really get anything from Takumi about the kind of music that he wants, other than just to make music to support Reira? Uh, so going back to the uh, Naoki, Takumi is like, so you're a glam rocker, and Naoki says, yeah, <clears throat> let's play that stuff. Um, and talk and Takumi says, not my thing. I'm going to write my own songs and have Reira sing. Um, so seems like he's saying no to the glam rock, um, and just asserting like, oh, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have an influence. 
uh, this is just like my music, uh, which yeah, probably is not the whole of like Takumi's artistic uh, philosophy or influence, um, but it's what we get here, and that that also seems like it's telling for for who Takumi is. Yeah, I mean, it's also our our. He's the bassist, but our understanding of, like, his actual role is he's doing, like, the production work. Um, he he is finding, like, okay, uh, Ryan can write the songs, but, like, we've got this band with, like, Naoki that's gonna, like, give it more of the, like, visual K, like, appeal, so it'll do well. Like, we need to have some success as a band. Um, it's centered but on still, like voice. succeeding on it. So then yeah, Rayra's it's centered there. on Rayra's voice. So uh, that's the key. And so for it does seem like it's less about a specific influence that he has to the music that he wants to make. Yeah, and more about bringing together the people he thinks that will create the band that will like support Rayra's voice and and um, you know give it the recognition that he thinks it deserves. Yeah, just like whatever the best music is for Rayra's voice basically. And then I'll just like find the pieces that are needed for that. Whether that piece is like Ren to like rate the songs or if it's, or like arrangements on the back end. Like I'm just bringing in the pieces that are going to, to create whatever music is best uh, for Rera. Um. I want to note this like interaction with Yuka, this this one girl that Takumi is dating, um, in part because there's a a way that um, you can already read what's happening as like there's this relationship he has with Reira, and then he's like having you know we learn that he has a bunch of girlfriends um, is sort of like dating a lot uh maybe cheating on girls things like that uh you know that he was with a different girl every time i saw him but we also see like he's obviously become much more experienced at this manipulation by the time he gets to hachi but there's the you know um takumi commenting on like you're in a band so girls will like you to to naoki um and uh you know yuka says as if you're not takumi and Takumi goes into uh why would I need to do that when I have you, Yuka? Um I'm sure you have other girls lined up. No, I don't. You don't trust me? Not really. That makes me so sad. Oh no, I'm sorry. I trust you, Takumi. Um now he's and then, thinking, you know, it's yeah. Yeah, it's easy to lie to girls. <laughs> I'm getting good lessons. Um You know, and he just has a different girlfriend every time. Um so I think this is a little bit of a setting up like the, the, um, a, a certain pattern that he has that I think we can imagine carrying forward to some extent to the way that he interacts with Hachi. For sure. Um, um, so talking me trading his bat for a base. Um, so that's called out, uh, after Takumi traded his bat for a base, he didn't break another school window until graduation. Um, so he's not doing this violence anymore in this way. Um, but also maybe invites us to consider like 
is the violence still there though? <laughs> um, and from the main story, we know that it is, um, and that it still manifests like in the band as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, now he seeing the vision of the song that, that, uh, Takami wrote for Rera here. Um, yeah. Um, and that being a thing that ties in with Ren as well. Um, Naoki and Ren, the stuff about being Takumi soldiers, all of that. Like, they're okay with it. Um, because, or we're starting to get some some evidence to suggest, like, that they both believe in, in Takumi's vision. Um, and therefore, they're, like, willing to go along with with this because um well uh i'll cite a piece of dialogue here um and i think it's the the same one that you were looking at <laughs> um takumi punches the uh the guitarist at sushi he quits uh and as he's storming out he says well now he's saying uh things have been great what's wrong uh and atsushi says everything why do we have to do everything takumi says our schedule song order every last detail uh and then it becomes clear that naoki wasn't even perceiving that dynamic um and he says but don't you want to stay to see it the unfolding of takumi's master plan um and it's very similar to uh the attitude that ren seems to have yeah. Um, and then uh, we do get this bit with uh, Yasu and Reira. Um, yeah. Where, do we get too much of the? I don't think we actually get too much of the actual breakup, but we see the the kiss, right? Yeah, and we get the breakup at the end. Oh yeah. Um. We can I I, I want to skip the funeral for now with Takumi's mom, and then just yeah, address all I guess of this later. With just to to call out here for later, this idea that um, you know, he didn't cry, but he like handled everything. Um, he he like did all the arrangements and everything. Um, so yeah, but we'll we'll have a moment to really get in depth about the way that Takami responds to his mother's funeral when he handles another funeral. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we then also get uh, Takami sort of unilaterally deciding that they're moving to, to Tokyo. Um, so also him springing decisions on people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and, you know, Reira being like, but what about me and Yasu? Um, and Takumi says, I don't care. What about it? Uh, so, you know, this coldness that he has around that stuff. Yeah. Um, this is, 
we should definitely return to this when we get the other bonus chapters later because there's uh yeah there's there's we're leaving meat on the on the bone um but i think it makes more sense to to address it together yeah um and a lot of this stuff sort of comes up like quickly and briefly yeah um in this in this one um but then the breakup between rira and yasu we get a little more uh, there's like the trickle of information about this that we're continuing to get uh really key thing here so i mean he says uh i don't plan to make a living playing music and i don't plan to leave this town either so i guess there's nothing we can do um which of course he's then going to do for nana he's going to leave town to play music um but then also we get this echo of the the scene with yasu and nana at the train station that started out last volume um what if I said, don't go, you're going anywhere anyway, right? Um, and Rara says, well, if you say that, I'll think about it. And Yasu says, even if you think about it, you'll go. Um, and Rara shouts, you don't know, you can't read my mind. I really, I really don't know what to do. Why do you think, uh, you know what I'm feeling? You don't know anything. And so this also coloring Yasu's decision to say, don't go, even though he still knows that, that Nana, even more so maybe than, than Rara, is going to go. Um, instead of having this attitude of saying, the, there's no point in me saying don't go because you're going to go anyway. He does still just say don't go, gives Nana the opportunity. Um, you know. Yeah. And maybe part of that is di- having different feelings as well. For Nana, yeah, um, than he has for Rera. Um, although maybe we're just—that's just speculation at this point. But <laughs> we've gotten some signs that might be true. Yeah. Um, and then we get this. Uh, one, we get like Hachi seeing Takumi as a celebrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, here. Uh, along with the, I want to make everyone see the realization of Takumi's master plan. Um, but then do we want to finish on this, like, uh, slightly cheesy, um, Haruka never existed. Yeah. The Naoki's, uh, girlfriend throughout all of it, Haruko, uh, she never really existed. Um, or maybe she did, you know, uh, the, the note here too, of, um, that you know we get the two alternate ones one is this true love that naoki had with um haruka we sort of like briefly see their breakup um or you know of course i'll go with you naoki no matter how hard things get as long as i'm with you i'll be happy uh so i guess we don't even really get the breakup there (laughs) Uh, so you know what happened there (laughs) um Truly a what happened. But then we get the other option of Takumi basically using Naoki as a, a shin here to make money. Um, so. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, amateur bands need money sometimes. So Takumi had me get money from girls. I did a lot of other ridiculous and despicable things I can't repeat, repeat here. So that's why I made up that virtual Haruka story. Sorry, guys. Now you solve the puzzle. 
The story I just told or the one about Haruko, one of them is real. Which story do you think is the truth? Um, and, you know, there's this joke of I can't tell you anything because of the, the paparazzi, the paparacchio. Yeah. <laughs> um, then goes on to say, um, I have fame and fortune and can get whatever I want. But amidst this luxury, I feel empty. If I could experience one real love, that'd be enough. But people lie, so it's hard to tell what's real. Even if you can't tell if it's false, if you believe in it enough, can it be love? What do you think? Uh, so suddenly, like, a bunch of connections. This is a really strange sequence. <laughs> um, but it suddenly at the end makes a bunch of these connections to the other characters. Um, yeah, there's this moment where the whole now you solve the puzzle feels like very uh, cheesy and oaky, and then suddenly it just gets like intense about, uh, especially like the the words on the final page, and then you're looking at like Nana and Ren, uh, Reira and Shin, uh, Takumi just sort of alone, but um, you know, seemingly with Hachi now, uh, Nobu and Hachi. Um, yeah, and this idea of like people lie, it's hard to tell what's real, but um, you know, if even if you believe in a, a lie enough, can that become love? Can that be true love? Yeah, um, and the resonances with the other characters like embedded in all of these questions. Um, so the, the, the two stories, for instance, like the Haruka story is just a variation of like Ren and Nana and Yasu and Reira, right? Like it, it's a parallel um, with like, yeah. Oh, he's with someone and then they have to move to Tokyo. So then they, they have to split or go together or whatever. Um, and then as you pointed out, the other story is like a parallel of Shin. Um. And so we have these like resonances that get set up. Uh, and then the ambiguity that is in, like introduced there where he's like, Oh, well, one of them is real. Um, I can't tell you which one the truth is. Uh, and then going on to like, then meditating on his current dilemma of like, I feel empty amidst this luxury. Um, well, there's a lot of other people who are struggling with feelings of emptiness um you know nana talking about the moon um the glass being empty uh hachi has talked about uh being empty inside and that takumi understands that um you know and uh reira uh you know also has this kind of idea of emptiness um they're all struggling with so many of them are struggling with that feeling. And then the desire to experience one real love. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> there are other, that's obvious that, uh, Nana is seeking that. Um, many of the other characters are as well. I mean, it's just running through all of these like themes. Um, yeah. Which, well, and also the, like, you know, Nana and Ren, is that true love? Or are they lying to each other about, like, Ren actually cares more about Reira and that? 
um nana actually has this like more genuine lasting relationship forming with with or potentially forming with hachi um you know are they like lying about what the relationship actually is um the specifically is the relationship between shin and reira like this just sexual exploitation and like exchange of money um or is this a true love between them um yeah and then following all of that like if it is false if you believe in it enough can it then be you know love um yeah so that's you know shin and reira and takami and hachi even like nobu and hachi like was that real love or is that a is that a lie or was the you know um also obviously the evoking of of nobu being like uh even just lie about like what happened i'll believe you yeah um uh and of course takami alone in all of this but yeah so uh powerful conclusion here even though it has that device that yeah agreed it feels a little cheesy um but it it ends up being a powerful conclusion um leading us into volume 10 yeah um i i think we we've wrapped it i think so <laughs> we're three, three we're and a half hours for for the longest volume i think we did okay yeah um next episode we'll be covering chapters uh wait this isn't correct um it's 33 through let me let me the one thing that i didn't fix of course when we get to the end 33 through um, 36 yeah 36 volume 10 um i know at some point we get a five chapter volume um so i just want to double check but yeah all of volume 10 uh if you have emails for us please send them to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com um again we will answer them on the question bucket or if there's something sort of relevant uh sort of specific to a chapter or something we might bring it up earlier um you know if we if we like got something wrong or whatever feel free to to correct us or bring up something we missed um those are definitely the things that we would we would read earlier um then uh go to exportodd.io to support the network um Ollie has come in here instead of Lem, and I feel like when Ollie comes in, he's actually more of a troublemaker. He just like jumps up on things and knocks things over. Uh-oh. Anyway, uh, if you go to exportodd.io, you'll go to support the export audio network. Um, it is the link to the Patreon. Uh, it'll take you to Patreon if you if you go to that web, uh, you know, URL, uh, and. You don't have to support us. You can find links to a bunch of the podcasts there. It'll just like take you to the free feeds um, in the description. But also, if, if you do just one dollar, you get it, uh, a bunch of stuff a week early. Um, so basically, it, usually it's like, uh, at least on my end, I try to like record something and then put it up pretty quick after uh, we record and I edit it and stuff. But um, yeah, it's usually around a week turnaround. Um, that includes Pondering Putan, which is the podcast that you and I do, Connor. 
Uh, it also includes ornate stair, uh, ornate stairwells and we are back. Uh, this, the SAG after strike ended. So we are covering movies again. Um, you know, it, it seems like, uh, there are some good things in the the deal that they reached. It also seems like uh, they caved more than they probably should have on some of the AI protection stuff. Um, at least my understanding of, of the like uh, final contract that is currently being voted on. Um, depending on how that vote goes, maybe there will be a new update and stuff will go on hiatus again. But um, you know, I, th- I think that goes through like sometime in December. So we'll cross that bridge uh, if, and when we, we come to it, if needed. Um, but it, it feels good to be doing movies again. I'm excited to get back into movies um, and talk about them on that podcast. So uh, also we, we updated the cover art for the podcast as a whole. Cause we liked cams art so much. So um, if you want to go check out those podcasts in the free feed, you can go to exportodio slash Puton or exportodio slash ornate stairwells. Uh, and then the final podcast that I will plug is around the long fire um, abnormalmapping.com slash longfire. Uh, that's me and my friend M reading through basically classics, um, and talking about them. Uh, you can follow the podcast at ghost divers pod on Twitter. Um, and at ghost divers on co-host though. I don't update it very often anymore. You can follow me at Fox Omnia, basically anywhere. Uh, where can people find you Connor? Y'all can find me at Rebelay uh, on Twitter and co-host, although I don't update it too much anymore. <laughs> um not anymore that's it yeah. yeah uh bye bye everyone see you next time Uh, oh, we have like, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like ah, oh, three minutes until seven oh seven. That's too. That's too long. <laughs> I may have been like a millisecond late on my on my clap, but I don't think it's yeah, a big deal. It didn't. There's feel... already like somewhat of a leg there, so yeah. Um, all right. Do, do we want to do a quick drink check? I also have like a little surprise thing when we get to the episode that I'll bring up. <laughs> okay. Um, so drink check for me, uh, water. I have this really big, this is like a gag gift that I got uh, a couple years ago. 
And I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on uh, Ghost Divers or Puton, but it's like a giant red solo cup. Uh, it's like a thicker, with like thicker walls, you know? Um, yeah. And I know I have, I know I've mentioned my affinity for big cups previously. So it was a gag gift, but it's a really good, like big cup. And it just managed to stick around for that reason. Uh, normally it's like, I've got like two or three big cups that I like. <laughs> um, this is like the third ranked. This is my least favorite of them, but it was the only <laughs> one remaining tonight. So, uh, that's what I'm using. And then I've got some green tea in, uh, in my animal kinds of the arc or no animal kinds on the arc. Forgive me. Uh, animal kinds on the arc mug. Um, my arc encounter souvenir. Yeah. I had some black tea uh, earlier, but I drank it all before the podcast. So that's kind of borderline drink check. I might as well. I think I'll mention it. Yeah. Um, I feel like this this week's volume really did not have a lot of drinks. I mean, obviously, uh, I think there was probably some beer somewhere. Uh, but it also feels weird right now to drink beer because, you know, the baby. Um, I don't have the the strawberry glass because it's shattered. Um, both of them are currently shattered in the, the... I mean, I guess one has been purchased, right? But that's, it feels cheating to just, like immediately count that as I can have the strawberry glass back. Yeah. Right. It's not, yeah, it's not quite back. Yeah. I feel like we need to wait for like when, uh, like the strawberry glass is like being given more, you know, Mm -hmm. which there's like a point in which it's like been sort of returned to seven Oh seven and stuff, but it like, even the one that's been purchased has not been returned. So, um, um, but I am, I was just like very tired today. So, I mean, I have water. Um, there's a, an old liquid death can here. I was about to say, it was rattling I, around I hear a can days. somewhere in there. Yeah. So I have a new liquid death can, but there was an old one in here that I just need to, to take out of this room, uh, this closet. Um, and then I also have like my water with, um, with my electrolyte, um, this one electrolyte powder, so there's, like, one that's supposed to be, like, immunity boosting, and that's the one that I put in. Um, and I don't like it as much, but I, like, did buy some, so I've just been drinking them sometimes. Um, Have you started One on, of the weird things is, When like, did the water, like, powder thing start? Um, I mean, it started... I was having, like... I, I still have. I get, like, foot cramps and stuff all the time. Mm. Um and it's just like some sort of, I mean, I'm on a lot of diuretics. So some of it is just like electrolytes in general going out of my body. Um, so one of the things that helps is if I'm getting cramps is to drink something with electrolytes. And it used to be, so one, I was like, I feel like the best preventative is I just have something a day, but having a Gatorade every day, like even a Gatorade zero is like one, that's just a lot of like bottles of liquid to like constantly keep stocked. Like, a tablet is so much yeah. easier to, like, have a stock of, you know? 
Um, and so I was yep. doing like Gatorade powders and stuff like that at first. And I eventually settled on this one in part because it is this tablet that fizzes up. And so you don't have to like put it in a bottle and shake it all up because that process like gets the powder all in the seals of the bottle and you mm-hmm. like wear out your bottles really fast. Um, but yeah, these, this is like the same brand as the, the main ones that I have, but it's supposed to be immunity boosting. And I don't think it has quite as much electrolytes. I was looking at it. It's just, um, you can just taste so, that something's off. Yeah. But the weirdest thing is like, um, I don't always notice this, but like in certain glasses, it will like, like whatever. Cause it's like a, a more cloudy yellow color. It's like, has the mm. sense of like, you put a little <laughs> splash of like orange juice in it once it's like all fizzed up. Okay. Um, the other ones are like a little bit more of like a clear, but like colored, but like, you know, a little bit more translucent, not like same cloudy quality mm-hmm. um anyway some glasses and the one that i have it in right now it like leaves this like yellow film on the side it's just weird i mm. like <laughs> you know i'm not I'm, I'm not nearly as big of a fan of it's it, so, yeah it sounds um, great um it's like a very thin it's just like the liquid is sort of clinging to the side and it's like yellow but it is Film is like an overstatement, but it, I do just find it unsettling when I, it's in a glass where I see it. Um, and then I've been really tired today, yeah. so uh, I also made some chai before it recorded. So, oh, very just, nice. None of these are very like, you know, in the spirit of. But I again, I just felt like there wasn't really a good drink for for these chapters. What's your go to uh, chai like spice recipe? I, I just, I mean, I know well, so you for, have, I know you have one. That's why yeah. I'm asking. So for this one, I just did, um, like Emily once got me this thing of like powdered chai spice that you like, you know, boil and add tea to, and then like go through the strainer. You, you also add milk and like water, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a little bit of sugar and stuff. Uh, but there's like a little recipe. And so <laughs> I, I, I use that. Uh, sometimes just cause I'm like, oh, I should just, you know, use this that, uh, Emily got me and it is like quicker, uh, cause it's all like ground up. Um, cause normally I use whole, whole spices, but like, uh, so I have a version where I do like a big batch of it and I do like put it in the fridge without the milk. Um, and in order to do that, I have to like really cook it for a while because without the, the fat, like the, the fats from the milk help the spices go in, um, but, uh, so I have to like really boil it, but I'm like really boiling the spices until like the liquid, like sort of gets brown just from the spices, like infusing into it. And mm. then I add the tea and like steep it for a really long time. Um, but, uh, sometimes I'll also make it in a pot with like milk and water and I just put the spices and I do the same mix, but I just sort of like, I crush them up a little bit more so they're not like completely whole. So they'll infuse a little bit faster. Um, and also so that there's like more similar sizes because some of the spices are small and some of them are bigger. Um, but basically my mix is, uh, cinnamon, um, ginger, which if I'm doing like a big batch, I'll just do fresh ginger, but sometimes I'll do like a dry ginger or even a ginger powder. Um, then, uh, green cardamom, black cardamom, um, just a little bit, just to give it like that tiny bit of like nice smokiness that you get from black cardamom. Mm-hmm. Um, star anise, cloves, black pepper, nutmeg, mace, and, uh, orange rind is, is my like last 
main spice that I do. Okay. Um, so yeah, I like to get like a little bit of orange into the chai. I think it's nice. Um, that sounds when you good. have like a lot of really hot spices to like round it out with just the, the little bit of acidity from an orange rind. So I think that's the question I've been meaning to ask you for a while because yeah, I can send you like the, the, the actual ratios, like the actual, like I do this many like stars of anise and stuff like that. But yeah, um, no, that would be nice. Cause Sarah really likes chai and yeah. Uh, so over the last like four five months, uh, I've started making it from like whole spices, um, yeah. and then she always wants a lot, so I make it in the big pot on the stovetop, and then we put it in the fridge. Um, yeah, uh, I can just give you the whole one then. Um, I will say mine is like definitely on the spicy end because of the black pepper and like the nutmeg yeah. and mace, especially. She she likes um, that. She likes the spicy. Okay. Yeah. I just if you don't throw... want it really spicy, then you can like dial back those spices in particular. But I found an, a recipe online, and that's what I've been using. With some like, I think it did, that recipe didn't have star anise, and I added star anise. Um, yeah, but then I also add like a little more peppercorns because I know she likes that. Uh, but mine is like yeah, cinnamon sticks, green cardamom clove star anise um peppercorns and there's one other thing that i put in it's gonna really make me mad if i can't remember it um i'm gonna see if i can ginger (laughs) look it up really quick well so so ginger is supposed to go in it the problem is we never have fresh ginger uh, so when I first started making this, I would put ginger powder in, but I yeah. personally, I really, really don't like that. Uh, I don't like the yeah. powdery, like, I, I just don't like the powdery aspect. Um, yeah. And I, I try to like grind the spices and use a type of tea, like such that there's no powder like that it doesn't get powdery at all yeah um and that's more just my personal preference i don't think sarah cares about that um Um, the one thing i will say uh with ginger is i will often get ginger and if i if i have some for a recipe like i'm gonna make something and i just bought the ginger i'll like have it in the fridge until i use it for like the thing i want to make with it like right then um but pretty quick i will uh like take the peel off um and put it in a a plastic bag with just like some uh paper towels just to like help a little bit and i put it in the freezer and if you're gonna like if you if you need like a real whole ginger it's not usually the best this way but if you put it in that way if you have a microplane it's really easy to grate some ginger just like frozen ginger you just grate it it's actually easier grating on the microplane than um like fresh ginger is um you know just like out of the fridge or whatever um and then for uh like something like chai i'll just like take it out a little bit before i make it so that it like thaws a little bit so i can just sort of chop it up roughly uh to put it in fennel by the way that's the thing i couldn't remember uh yeah i've that's been a that's been suggested multiple times 
to get like ginger and freeze it. And then I just, we never get around to it. Uh, yeah. So I'm open to tweaks in the, the try making process because one thing I've noticed is that it is a little, it, I guess it depends on the ratio. Cause sometimes if I use like, well, yeah, obviously it depends on the ratio of spices. Sometimes it ends up a little bland. If I just like follow the recipe purely, uh, the recipe is written for like a small amount, but I always scale it up. It's like eight times because I'm making it in the, in the big pot. Yeah. And I think it's just something that's happening with that where it ends up being a little bland. Uh, so that's why I uh, solicited your recipe. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, if I, if I don't send it sometime like tonight or tomorrow, just remind me. Okay. I can do that. Um, also, you might be able to get, like, dried ginger that's not powdered. Okay. That could be a thing to look into. Yeah, and then I, I guess just grind I that think, up. Yeah. Yeah, or, I mean, if it's small enough, you can just... Uh, Boil it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, good suggestions. Do you want to get into the episode? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We, we've got a lot of episodes. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Tonight, so... Let's get started. Yeah. Um, well, we'll we'll see, but like Naoki, I think is deceivingly long for what we're gonna have. There's stuff to say there, but um, I think by that, the time we get that, there, like, we're gonna go be to story. we're gonna be moving quick. Yeah, <laughs> just we'll have a feeling. Quick. Um. All right, we'll get into it. <laughs> 